When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh man, we got a big show in store for you guys here today. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell notification so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also check out the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the go when you download us on your favorite podcast app. It's Operation Domination Time, a full preview for week nine, our second heaviest bye week of the year, I believe it is. But we got a lot of headlines to get to the NFL trade deadline was yesterday. We had some coach firings. Oh, it's so glorious. I want to try to save some of it because I want to make sure these these pit, these takes that we have get into the right segments when you go to check out our YouTube channels later when you're looking for just the specific games. Uh, and we need to get our, our co-host here introduced. I don't know what the other two knuckleheads are, but Chase is always in the building. Chase Thornton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm still celebrating, you know, uh, all the happenings from actually late last night, I guess you could put it. Uh, actually, yeah, it ended up being a lot more fun post-trade uh, deadline than it ended up being like, pre-trade deadline to be dead honest with you this week so far but uh hey you know i will take a week and get and we'll talk some football and get everything sorted out for everybody yeah absolutely i mean we'll, we'll get into the josh jobs of it all and we'll get in the dpj of it that was the dpj thing we could actually kind of talk off the bat because the lions are on the bye week anyway so we we're going to preview that chase i'd love to hear what was your first thought when they heard the lions acquired dpj from the cleveland browns why <laughs> i just i i mean i i i like dpj as a play i i'm i'm a browns fan um honestly i had been grabbing him uh he's he's still very young he's only 24 yeah um and and i had been grabbing him across the board in dynasty pretty much just setting up for okay well there's a new era in cleveland and they've got a quarterback we thought um and we and and he just he, he looked like he was taking those steps. Right. Uh, but then this year comes along and I mean, I know they drafted Cedric Tillman, but it's not like Cedric Tillman has been taking all of the looks from, from people's Jones. And I know that Eli Moore is there, but it's not like they've actually used Eli Moore like they should be using Eli Moore. Um, he just hasn't done a whole hell of a lot this year, but I'm not necessarily sure how much he adds to that wide receiver room that they didn't necessarily already have. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm, it didn't move the needle for me much either direction. I'm not scared off of Jamison Williams by Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, I'm not running out to acquire Donovan Peoples Jones thinking that all of a sudden he's going to be so much more than what we saw down South in, in Cleveland. I just, it, it was, it was kind of a non-starter for me. And like I said, I like him as a player and I, I'm a Browns fan, but I just didn't, I didn't see a ton of, 
obvious rationale behind this. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm off, but just just looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure what else I'm getting here. That's what I thought about Jameson Williams' redraft value. Not dynasty value, but that's what I thought about his redraft value immediately because he comes in and plays the role, the only role that Jameson Williams has been allowed to somewhat play over the past few weeks. That's it. Some people looked at this as it was just a move to get depth for a missing Marvin Jones. And what I say to people is this, you can sign anybody off the street to get depth for Marvin Jones, you're forgetting the fact that Josh Reynolds has not let up any snap counts whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Jameson Williams was finally starting to play a little bit more heading into last week because Marvin Jones was out of the building. You bring in DPJ, who is a nine guy, who is a vertical guy, a guy who can block on the outside. That's the only role Jameson Williams has been allowed to play. I don't know if Jameson Williams is permanently in the doghouse, but I do think he's in the doghouse right now for Dan Campbell. And we've seen what happens to players who get into the doghouse of Dan Campbell. They write him off. Goodbye, DeAndre Swift. You refuse to run up the middle. We're going to draft Jameer Gibbs in the first round and send you and send you and your bags packing over to Philadelphia. I don't know if it's to that point with Jameson because it's still so early in his career because he's been hindered by the suspension, by the injury that he had coming out of college with the ACL. But it did torpedo the crap out of any redraft value that maybe Jameson Williams would have been able to garner in the second half of this season. That it did do for me. It's not just Jameson Williams coming off of that injury and everything else too. It's the fact that he screwed up royally and got his, got himself in trouble early this season too. I mean, that, that, that's the biggest thing. Every, they drafted him knowing he was injured. So it's everybody can forgive if it had taken him longer or whatever to get over their injury, whatever. It's a suspension. It's, it's dropping off football. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's just flat out not playing well. And, and you are correct there that, out of Alabama. that with, with on this Dan Campbell run team who feel really feels like he has put his stamp on this organization. I like literally top to bottom. And it just, that, that kind of stuff is not, you get the feeling that's not going to fly. This is Detroit is not going to be the Marvin Lewis, Cincinnati Bengals. It's not going to, it's not going to be any kind of clown show like that. He's not going to allow that to happen. I I don't think they can, uh, I don't think they will. And I don't think they can afford to give up on Jamison Williams. I think it'll be very interesting here coming up in week 10, having that time off to be able to get, people's Jones integrated into the system, learn the system, learn the playbook because it's not Madden football. You don't just trade for a guy in the NFL, plug his ass in unless his name's Baker Mayfield. I know you love that. Your job is to run a nine and block. That's that's true, but he still has to understand audibles, things like he still has to, he still has to be able to jump on the field with 10 other dudes at a time. And run my week is plenty of time. I think it's, I think, I think it's perfect timing. So I will be interested to see then in week 10, what is the dynamic with those two guys on the field who does get the snaps outside of just, Oh, Hey, here's our new guy. And we'll run him out there once or twice. Like what, what happens when it's really time? And I think that will, that will go a long way towards, yeah, towards answering our questions on the two of them for the rest of the season. I'm not scared off of Josh Reynolds and I'm not scared off of obviously, you know, anybody else in that offense, but I wasn't necessarily high on Jamison Williams anyway, right for this season. Sure. I thought maybe you have some sleeper value, but that's about it. Let's head into our Thursday night matchup because we got a ton of headlines to talk about today. 
We got the Tennessee Titans taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we welcome Adam LaRue into the show on that note. Adam, how are we doing this week, man? Were you excited? Yeah, excited. Very, yeah. <laughs> we had so much <laughs> Sounds like it. We had where Slack chat was going back and forth. I know Adam's just just chomping at the bit to get into some of this stuff. So first things first, though, Thursday night game. Steelers are actually favored here at minus two and a half with an over under of 36 and a half heading into this game. Both teams, believe it or not, are four and three against the spread this year. But the Titans have only seen two games go on the over. The Steelers have only seen one game go on the over. I don't care that it's 36 and a half. I'm still cashing the under heading into this Thursday night matchup, especially in Pittsburgh where it's going to be cold too. I'm not expecting a lot of high flying offense in this game. Don't care about Kenny Pickett. Adam, are you going to stream Will Levis? Levis, no. excuse me. No. There, there has, I cannot remember a performance that I has made me want to like fade a player, both betting fantasy in my entire life. <laughs> The success rate, the accuracy versus the actual output, like the discrepancy there is for a first game is some of the craziest I've ever seen. Like the DeAndre Hopkins touchdowns were like behind him. Like like the only one he hit, he's wide open, like nobody within 10 yards. I'm sorry. I'm not buying into this in the slightest. Like I'm taking the Steelers. I'm fading Levis from like a prop bet perspective. And I am not streaming Will Levis. <laughs> the Westbrook Akina pass. Him, I'm selling. The Westbrook Akina touchdown pass was not a bad pass. That was, that no, was an impressive That one play. I will give him credit. That like, was why he got drafted. Right. Yeah. Like you saw all of it. The Armstrong, I mean, he flicked his wrist and the, the ball went 40 yards. The, was, the good thing is, is that he didn't get worse from Kentucky. The bad thing is, is that he's still the same he's player. Still, he he's still. Yep, yep. Like the accuracy things were there. He just got bailed out a lot. But the, I'll give you the uh, West. But having a guy who can at least throw a deep ball off a of play action, an improvement for Tennessee. Oh, he did and not die There's on no the field. question he should be the starter over Tannehill. But for yes. fantasy purposes, I'm still not interested. Okay, and that's fair. We don't have enough data. That's plain and simple. We don't have enough data. He will get tested, even though the Steelers have a secondary that you've been able to take advantage of. The pass rush against that offensive line. In a second start, a Tomlin defense. On a short Uh, week. On a short week. It, It will tell us a lot of what we need to know about Will Levis. But if he can at least hit play action bomb, Maybe DeAndre Hopkins does come back to life. Maybe there's room for Derrick Henry to run. Those are the things that I think we're more looking yeah. for. I do have him at quarterback 16 this week for in three spots ahead of the ECR for what that's worth. I still don't have him as somebody I want to play, and that's quarterback 16 on a week with four teams on by and about third of the league with backup. So just throwing that out yeah, there. That's fair. Throwing it out there, too. Uh, Josh came in here with a question. He's asking, should he upgrade anything? Looking at his team. Uh, you're, look, your 16-man league here, Josh, I'm not going to read off every single person you have in here. You're, you're all okay. set. You're good to go right there. That's your 20-man league, yeah. Yeah, your 20-man league, though, and I am going to talk about this a little bit later, I am looking to sell Jacoby Myers on the news that Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starting quarterback and all the switches there. I don't want to get too much into it because we are going to have to go on a segment about that later on, but I am looking to sell Jacoby Myers, so maybe keep that in mind, Josh. All right, so let's get back to the Tennessee-Pittsburgh game. Derrick Henry cracks my top 10 this week. I do want to put this out there. The Steelers have Cam Hayward back. When Cam Hayward is in the building, they are a much different run defense. However, you have Derrick Henry. You're playing Derrick Henry. I don't think there's much else really to say about that. 
Uh, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. I want to pound my head against the table. Rarby threes. Is, is, that, is that fair? Especially in Tennessee. Like their um, their props are horrible here. Do we got Najee Harris at forty four and a half rushing yards? And it's his, his number has pretty much been right about there. Tennessee, though, 12th least rushing yards to the running backs. I probably lean on the under, if anything, in that spot. Jalen Warren has gone over his rushing prop, which is only 23 and a half rushing yards in all of two games. That I think you can still hit the over on in this matchup, even against Tennessee. I think he will get enough touches for that. And Tajay Spears, I mean, I just, I wish he'd get the ball more. He plays, he's on the field. He just still, they still will not he, give him. He missed he his good. chance. He missed his chance at 4 p.m. Eastern yesterday. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Uh, that's a pretty much good way to, to sum it up there. Uh, Chase, let's talk a little Deontay Johnson here because I like him better than Ooh. the ECR. Got him at 22. I'm locking him in as a starter this week. ECR's got him at 26, though. I, I I don't I don't know why. I mean, Tennessee is a good matchup here. Ninth most receiving yards to the wide receivers, seventh most fantasy points on a per game basis. He's been good in both of his games that he's returned to, whether he's had to deal with Kenny Pickett or Mr. Trubisky or whatever. By the way, I kind of buried the lead there. Kenny Pickett is expected to start yeah. in tomorrow night's game. I, I don't understand why we're so low on Deontay Johnson, who's been getting the job done even when he's missing a quarter. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm not low on Deontay Johnson. I'm low on Kenny Pickett, but like you said, we, we don't talk about him. So, um, no, I, I said, hey, I said last week, I, uh, uh, hey, Deontay Johnson is a locked-in wide receiver two at at worst for the rest of the season. He's, he's going to see 8,000 targets a game, which is awesome. And, you know, even if you only catch 53% of those, which is kind of where he's been at, it, I mean, that's he's seen enough targets to make that count the touchdowns are going to come, or at least at touchdown is going to come. He's not going to Dwayne bow it for the rest of the season for two years in a row. So, you know, I, I, I love Deontay Johnson. I've got him. I, I had him as a big time uh, draft. I drafted him all over the place in redraft before the season and, you know, hoping, hoping against hope that I, that I, you know, could, could survive after he got hurt week one. And I'm thrilled to have him back everywhere. I've got him. So yeah, he's, he's, He's a guy that you, if you've got him on your roster, put him in, put him in at your two, put him in at your flex or whatever, and then look to upgrade elsewhere on the roster because he's just going to give you consistent, steady production that way. Yeah, 100%. And if you have him, by the way, and you plan on playing him, put him in your number two spot. Don't put him in your flex spot. You, you've got, yeah, you've got it. He's Thursday night game. You want to put him, yeah, put him in the actual wide receiver slot. Don't be flexing him. Right, absolutely. Uh, 58 and a half receiving yards. I want the over on that. I also want the over on the four and a half re reception mark. Uh, he's been over both those marks since he's returned, even with all the quarterback chaos. George Pickens, on the other hand, I still have him as a wide receiver three. He did score a touchdown to save his day. It definitely helps that Kenny Pickett is the quarterback, not Mitchell Trubisky. So the other, because I was ready to kick George Pickens outside my top 36. So like, oh, Kenny Pickett's going to play. All right, fine. He'll over target George Pickens just enough to give him a shot at wide receiver three, whatever. What, what, what are you doing with DeAndre Hopkins, Adam? Because now I got him at wide receiver 28. I don't think one game is enough to put him in the top 24, which is where the ECR has got him going into this matchup. I got to see it again. He was dead to rights until Sunday. So uh, what are you doing with DeAndre Hopkins? Your, your, your confident level all the way through? You're going to start him in your lineup or you keep it on your bench still? 
I'm probably flexing him in a lot of spots. I think he's a high upside flex. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'd I'd say 28 feels really right to me. Uh, I think this entire year he doesn't separate great, but he's looked good catching the ball. It's just been Tannehill not being able to give him opportunities, and I do think that Levis will do that. Um, as much as I ragged on him a little bit earlier, uh, I do think Levis is a, an improvement in that regard. Um, so yeah, I, I think he could enter the low end wide receiver two territory, but I'm not giving it to him after one game. Yeah, just keep in mind here, it was wide receiver 48 previous to last week. So it's a long climb there before we. I feel really confident about DeAndre. Keep Hopkins. in mind, too, D-Hop is dealing with a toe injury, too. He was a DNP, I believe, today. Yeah, so, he's, yeah. he's expected. He was limited. But just, he's, but he's just, yeah, just watch yeah. that, though. But, yes, yeah. he might not be 100% heading into this matchup either. Uh, Chicken Conquell. I wish you were something, man, but but you're just you're not. So let's just go, let's just go to our next matchup. Here. Circumstances, dude. Circumstances. Yeah, circumstances. Circumstances and consequences. Hopefully, the consequences of Patrick Holmes's flu game does not follow him to Germany, where he can actually go back to being the elite quarterback he's supposed to be, and that you drafted him. To be, I do have him at three. ECR's got him at one. That's insane because you have Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen going this week still. I'm not doing all that. But I do like Kansas City here at minus. Actually, I take the back. I like Miami here as my underdog pick of the week. Kansas City's favored at minus two and a half. The over-under sitting there at 51. I also like the under the 51 mark. Chiefs defense is pretty good. And Miami's defense, I, people are, are going to realize real soon, Jalen Ramsey makes a big difference, okay? And last time I checked, the Chiefs don't have a whole lot of offensive weapons. I hope this is a good scoring game. I don't think this becomes a shootout. And what's the reason why I have Miami over Kansas City to win this game outright? Miami's already there. Kansas City hung around. They had some Halloween party <laughs> with the girl Taylor Swift and just lived life and doing all their thing. What happened... When Buffalo took their good old sweet time getting over to London against Jacksonville, who was already acclimated to the time change, to being over there, to practicing over there, what happened in that game? We saw Jacksonville pull off an upset. I think Miami's a little more focused than Kansas City is before these two teams head into their bye. I'm taking Kansas City. What do you guys think about that? I'm taking Miami. Excuse me. What do you think about that? I, I I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, the most important location in this entire thing is not anything about Kansas City or or Miami or Frankfurt, Germany. The most important location in this entire equation is Indianapolis, Indiana, because there that's where Taylor Swift is playing all weekend. She's going to be over 4,000 miles away from Travis Kelsey. I've got him as my tight end three this week because I think it's lazy to put him at number one by default when his girlfriend and the love of his life is over 4,000 miles away, and we know that there's a correlation there. We know there's a correlation there. He was tight end 13 last week with her nowhere to be – only 800 miles away in Louisiana. Oh, what what about when that expends by five times? So, yeah. I am worried about Travis Kelsey. Who's the other guy you got over him? Huh? Dalton Kincaid and Dallas Goddard. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Where's Chris when you need him? <laughs> hey, we were vindicated in our tight end takes last week. So we that that much is that much is true. Um that I will never not have Travis Kelsey as long as he's active, not the number one tight end of the week, though. I uh, well, what's what's gonna happen in the month of November, Chase, when this is this is all Chase's fault that I even know this. But wh- what's gonna happen in the month of November when Taylor Swift's down in South America doing her tour for the next month? 
What's going to happen then? Listen, hey. 10, rest it away. Sell, 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 sell. <laughs> Andy Reid October becomes Andy Reid November. <laughs> Abandon ship. Get out from underneath the Kelsey Albatross while you can. I'm kidding. Don't quote me on that shit. <laughs> but she is 4,000 miles away. He's across the pond. She's in Indianapolis of all places for crying out loud. Um, no, I, no, I, I agree with you though. Yeah. I, I don't understand why Andy Reed wouldn't have gotten them over there and like gotten them their heads on straight. Um, I hope they're not feeling themselves a little too much. They shouldn't be shouldn't after be, the, after what happened last weekend. Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely need to, to be buckling down and, and, and watching out what's going on. And I agree with you with Jalen Ramsey coming back. I mean, Hey, he didn't know he not only did not look like he missed a beat last week. I mean, he came on like a house on fire last week. I mean, he's, He's a difference maker on that team. Yeah. Uh, so we met our Taylor Swift quota of the day. Chris, you missed it. Welcome in Chris Dale Howard to the show. Uh, we are playing course. Patrick Mahomes and to a title of VOA must start QB ones. ECR still wants to make Isaiah Pacheco a top 10 running back. I was right on this take last week and I'm doing it again this week. You're playing them. I'm not making the argument. You're not playing them, but again, Temper your expectations. He's not RB7. I got him at RB14. He hasn't finished as an RB1 since week four. He only has one game since week four where he's had more than four yards a carry. Not only has it been inefficient, they're also inconsistent in the way they utilize him. The run game is not a weapon for Kansas City. It's a complimentary, we run it just enough to make the defense think that we might at some point choose to run the football. And as a result, it's killing Isaiah Pacheco's value as far as him being an RB1 because he could be a top 10 running back, especially given the running back landscape this year. Chris, do you see it that way or no? I mean, the matchups this week, I do have him probably as a top uh, RB1. But I think you can make the argument that what you're saying is he hasn't really produced like that since week four. But you can say that for a lot of different running backs we're going to talk about tonight. Um, So I think when you start looking at the list of the guys that, you know, you kind of start comparing with them, uh, as Chase says, you know, these right now with your rankings, you're looking at the guys you trust. Pacheco is a guy that you know is getting the majority of the carries for an offense that sputtered, but still had Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback playing in the offense is probably going to be a shootout game. So Pacheco, for me, is, you know, uh, too much more semantics. I think he's going to be in your lineup regardless. But I do think that, you know, you're tempering your expectations. He's not going to be that high tier RB1 for sure. It's a good yeah. run game matchup, too. It's a good run game matchup for, for the Chiefs. I mean, it should be. It should yeah. be. If they choose to do it, that's the problem. They haven't chosen to really do it. Haven't chosen to be consistent with it. And that's been my issue this entire time. Uh, I'm still selling Raheem Mostert, by the way. Top 10 running back this week. You got him. You're playing, you're playing as an RB1. I'm not not trying to make that a thing or anything like that. But you do have Savant Ahmed and Jeff Wilson eating into his usage. He's now dropped down to about 50% that last week. He scored a touchdown, which saved his day. And he has finished as either an RB3 or a low-end RB2 since both Ahmed and Jeff Wilson have returned a couple of weeks ago. What do you think, Adam? Are you going to sell Raheem Mostert before Devon Achan comes in and muckies it up even more? In the leagues where I, I've i been trying to sell him, I've gotten almost like nothing that has been worthwhile. So I, I really? think that it's worth looking around the market. Um, but at least in my experience, people don't trust Mostert. Um, they trust the back in that offense, but they treat him as a 31-year-old running back that is injured often. 
Um, now, some people might just fall for the point. So it, it's something definitely like in your leagues, know your league mates and try it. But Sure. Uh, Chris, go ahead. I was going to say, just in, in Mozart's defense in a sense, he has been nicked up the last two weeks. And that's kind of coincided with the, the lack of usage. The offense hasn't kind of produced as well. well but um, it's not something really different than it has been most of the season. Usage the usage is different. The, the usage is different. Uh, with the exception of when he had Devon Achan back there, the usage is different than what we've seen Raheem Mostert. He was usually about 70% of the snap count. Like I said, that's dropped back to 50%. Even when Devon Achan was out there, it was 55, almost 60%, and it dropped back down to 50% with Savant Ahmed and Jeff Wilson. My point is Mike Daniels has made it known, and he's sticking to his word. Everyone kind of gets a little bit of taste of the pie. Raheem Mostert might be getting a bigger taste of that for now, but still enough of the pie is getting spread around where it is becoming annoying. And if he doesn't score, I worry about a guy's floor who you're depending upon to be that high-end RB2, maybe even RB1, depending upon your circumstances. Uh, but we'll see how that thing whole plays out. Tyreek Hill, obviously we love him. Jalen Waddle's a top 10 wide receiver for me this week on a heavy bye week. And Rasheed Rice. Finally, I have a reason to have Rasheed Rice ranking in my top 36 this week. I got him at 31. I, if he didn't drop the ball, he would have had a much bigger week last week against Denver. But other than Rasheed Rice and, of course, Travis Kelsey, no one just makes an impact on this offense. So I think you can actually flex Rasheed this week. And Travis Kelsey my number one, now my number three. He's number one and without Taylor Swift around. I'm telling you. Not the same. Wait, he was thirteenth last week. Hall of Fame tight end suddenly can't get it done unless his girlfriend's around. That's what you guys are telling me. Just That's this season, my fantasy career. It's still young love, man. By next year, he won't give. Sh- it'll be uh, the same old, same old. Where's, I, she, at? Where's dude, she at this week, Travis? I don't know. Kick off of next year. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Let's go to our next. Is, Travis is thirty-four. He's when he's perked up and excited to play. He, he plays out. He's, he's got to save a little bit of tank too. So I don't think he's always going <laughs> Taylor, after hours. He doesn't want to be in Germany. He wants to be in Indy. <laughs> Let's get this game over. Next game. <laughs> So this was one of the matchups where we get to the headline of the NFL draft, NFL trade deadline, and that was Minnesota Vikings taking on Atlanta Falcons. The Vikings make a move. They bring in Josh Dobbs. We don't necessarily expect him to play this week unless Jaron Hall is absolutely terrible in practice, and then maybe Kevin O'Connell won't care. I don't know. Uh, But we do expect Jaron Hall for this week. Atlanta, because of that, and it being in Atlanta, are favored at minus four and a half. They made their own quarterback change, Taylor Heineke. We're going to get into all this in a second. Uh, 37 and a half on the over-under. Both these teams, like many, love hitting unders. I'm going to hit the under in this one. Two different quarterback changes. Atlanta, even with Taylor Heineke, still is not interested in scoring points. It's still Arthur Smith at the helm here. Let's not let's not get it twisted. Uh, and Jaron Hall being back there, you know, we don't really know what to expect. Maybe he will have this all. I don't know. I'm not really counting on it, though, for that to happen. Uh, so I wasn't counting on with Levis either, but here we are. All right, so let's see who's up here. Let's go to Chase first. Chase, Josh Dobbs trade. What was your thoughts about the fantasy impact for the rest of the Minnesota Vikings with the Josh Dobbs trade? No, I like it. I, I like it. I think I think it it helps them maintain value. I don't think it, I mean, it doesn't boost it. And their value across the board is not what it is with, with Kirk Cousins. But I called, I, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine who who is a big, uh, Josh Dobbs 
is Jacoby Brissett light at this point. Jacoby Brissett is just a, a professional quarterback. He comes in and does the job that's asked of him, whether that's to be the backup, whether that's to be the starter, whether that's to be the filling starter, that's what he's done. Josh Dobbs has in the last two years, at least has started to make a name for himself doing that exact same thing. And he actually performed himself very well down in Arizona. They had no reason to get rid of him other than the fact that they've got Kyler Murray coming back. Um, and I, I think that he can come in and be at least a stabilizing force and not allow, and allow that team to continue to compete for, you know, that last playoff spot, which is what they're at right now. So, I mean, I like them bringing him in. I think he'll just, he'll just be a calming, steady presence. If Jaron Hall balls his ass out this week, well, great. Good for, good for them. And then they've got a solid backup option, either direction they want to go. But, um, I really did like them bringing in Josh Dobbs uh, as, as somebody who they could get to fill that role and then not have to give up anything for it. They did not have to mortgage the future in any way, shape or form to get him in there. Uh, they won't have to be paying him a ton of damn money. I mean, it's, it, it was almost a perfect move in my opinion that they could have made with such little time to prepare for it. So I loved yeah, it. Um, if you're, if you're TJ Hawkinson or Jordan Addison owner, this yeah. is what you were thinking as soon as as soon as, as soon as they made the trade. And Josh Jefferson. And, and and Jefferson, if he in fact comes back, if they're able to to hold on to where they're at right now, we can come back. Dan. Yeah, yeah. If, if they're still in, if they're still in that seventh playoff spot, yeah, then I think it behooves exactly. them to bring him back. One because it's a wide open it's a wide open conference. It's not the AFC. Right, a, when, yeah. when, 100%. 27% target share to Marquise Brown, 31% target share to the tight ends. So TJ Hawkinson and whoever the number one receiver is, whether it's going to be Jordan Addison for now, Justin Jefferson later, whatever the case may be, Josh Abbs coming in there. No, it's not Kirk Cousins, but it's probably the next best thing you could have possibly hoped for. And Jonathan Gannon, you know, I have this drop here just for him because he's just his own special hey, kind of dummy. What's up, Who goes in there and says, like, oh, after Good. I watched the tape, uh, Josh Jobs is not going to be the, the 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 quarterback here. Even if he knew they were about to trade him, like, did that not sound like a sabotage? Like, you are so bad, even though you were a starter all year. We're either going Clayton Toon or if Kyler Murray's actually ready to go. Like, what do you, like... That's a dick like, move on the way out the you door. have yeah. a filter in your brain. That's all I want to ask Josh Gannon. Do you have a filter in your brain? By the way, has done a much better job coaching than I expected him to do so. I do have to give him credit for that. But still, when he talks, I just, I leave myself scratching my head most to of the time. To be fair, Dobbs had really looked very poor the last oh, couple sure. games. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So it's more of a filter issue than a him being wrong. He's also been missing me. James Conner for the last several games, too. I mean, listen, like, I think it's a spinning thing. I mean, I, I agree with Dan. Like, it was stupid to say, but I think the idea, the idea behind it is you're trying to show your team that you're making the guy's personnel move. You want to have confidence in the guy coming in behind them. And you're trying to sell that idea that you're not giving up or you're not trying to just get a bunch of guys. You're putting performance out there in a sense. I don't buy it, but I think that's what he was trying. Yeah, you say the guys are impressed in practice. And yeah, yeah, like, no, it was just, yeah, idiotic. Yeah. Anyway. I just wanted to uh, yeah, take a look at him before Kyler comes back, and, and you're not going anywhere anyway. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have to sell anything. He can't the locker room, though, Chase. That's what that's the difference. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason they're, the reason dancing he's a good coach right now because that team's trying. No, the team's trying. Right, exactly. They, they are, they've been competitive <laughs> almost right, every week. That They've goes been from competitive almost we're trying to we're getting thrashed by 40 real quick. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, Taylor Heineke's new starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. 
Yeah. Josh Dobbs and Tyler Henneke were excited. This is 2023, guys. This is, this is how the hell is this year contour? Chris, I was thinking to you when uh, they were pointing out the fact that we might have a third of the quarterbacks in the NFL or backups or backups to the backups. backups played last week. I, 13 I, week nine. I was looking, I'm trying to like rank my quarterbacks. You know, I rank every position every week and I'm looking at my quarterback rankings. I got to eight and I was like, holy what the hell do I do? Crap. I don't like take a wet paper towel, throw it against the wall and see what sticks after that point. Cause I don't even think it matters. It's, it's, Real it's quick, bad. Dana, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but somebody gives Carlos Wentz a job after all the stuff, the trade deadline, talking about quarterbacks no. and what do we never leave Logan. Right? How can it's Tim ridiculous. Tebow still be sitting out there on the it's damn ridiculous. street? I'm sorry. I don't care what the guy did. It's ridiculous that he's not playing. When you talk about Dan's top 10 quarterbacks, like, yeah, you get 12, you're like, holy hell, these guys are playing quarterback this week? Why? Bryce Young is a top 15 quarterback this week. What the hell? No, ECR only. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but that's but, what I mean. That's, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody's like, well, shit, I guess we got to do this. Yeah. No, and Chris, to your point, I totally agree with you. It doesn't make any sense to me. Carson Wentz was never this bad that he couldn't play over uh, probably, you know, two-thirds of these guys now at this point, especially this week. But the league's spoken. Nobody wants them. And, and that, so it's it's to me, it's done and over with at this point uh, when it comes to any time of Carson Wentz getting back into the NFL, whether it's a him thing, a team thing, whatever the case may be. Uh, but let's talk about Taylor Heine. Watch Danny DeVito, guys. Watch Danny DeVito. Remember, with Terry McLaurin... <laughs> We had to put up with that in New York. I think I, I'm either. I think I'm going to lie. We hear you, you guys. Got me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think it's breaking up on my end. Um, like I was going to say, Taylor Heineke. He made Taylor McLaurin relevant, right? What, week seven through sixteen in 2022, when Taylor Heineke took back over for said Carson Wentz, wide receiver eleven, when he was the starter pretty much the entire year, 2021. Wide receiver 25. He's going to get the alpha guy the ball. Now, of course, you know, Drake London's dealing with a groin issue, so he may not benefit from it right away. We're going to have to see. He did not practice today. I will talk to Brian Scott about that tomorrow to see what he thinks as far as what a timeline might look like for Drake London in this particular type of groin issue that he's dealing with. But I will say then if Drake London's out of the way, I love Kyle Pitts. Whoever's the alpha receiver, they're getting the ball with Taylor Heineke, and they might get the ball down the field. Will this stretch out the field for guys like Bijan Robinson to have room to operate the run? I think that's the other question here. You know, Drake London aside, because the injury, we can't really dive too much into him for this week. I obviously would like it better for the rest of the season if Taylor Heineke stays the starting quarterback. But I'm still way lower on Bijan Robinson than ECR. I still got him at RB13. ECR's got him at five. It's very similar to what we talked about with Moster. He hasn't finished as an RB1 since week since week four. He's been a low-end RB2 for the most part here. Uh, the only silver lining I can offer you right now is that his he had his largest gap of the season as far as snap count is concerned with Tyler Algier, 73 to 23%. So, like, does this help Bijan, Adam? I think it helps everyone. Like, Desmond Ritter in this last game where they both played, so it's the most fair comparison I could possibly give you, and I'll give that Heineke, like, wasn't someone they prepared for. But, for example, the yards per attempt in the passing game went up by two per attempt. The intended (laughs) air yards per attempt went up by two. They threw it past the line of scrimmage. Right. Like, the offense actually seemed like something from, like, I'm not going to get ahead of myself and 
give Arthur Smith like a modern offense, but it looks like something that could have existed in like oh nine. Like this <laughs> is like at least the Mike the McCarthy offense. Shift. <laughs> all four guys just hop Yeah, on. we we we've made it through the eighties, and we're now all the way up until like the mid two thousands. So that's that's a big difference for the big fantasy product. production. Right. For like, that's like two and a half decades right there. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Uh, I will say this: I do think ultimately <laughs> Bijan Robinson is a buy. Remember, they have their bye week coming up, so people who are fighting for playoff spots might want to trade him off for that reason. Trade him off for the reason he has been as much as you would want him to be. And what I will say is that he's got a very good playoff schedule. you got Carolina, the Colts, the Bears. However, and here's, here's my one caveat, it depends on your record. If you're 3-5, and five, you're 4-4, four and four, I don't know if this is a guy that you can go ahead and buy because it is rough getting there after their bye week in Week 11. Saints, the Jets the Bucs to get you to the playoffs. So I do think this is a buy low candidate for a team that is sitting pretty at five and three, six and two, seven and one, whatever the case may be. Chris, what'd you want to say? I think it's a buy candidate regardless to Adam's point. This offense is going to get first downs. They've been in the red zone pretty consistently. Um, and the big thing for Bijan in particular is now you're in the red zone and get opportunities for touchdowns. He catches the ball. Tom Henneke checks the ball down. Uh, you know, Desmond Ritter had to be kind of trained to do that in a sense and was told to do it, and, and it seemed painful at times where he's, like, throwing, like, 95-mile-hour fastballs, like, two yards next to him. But Haneke can actually check the ball down. We'll throw the option routes. We know who J.D. McKissick is fantasy-wise because of Todd Haneke, basically. Um, so I think you look at this guy as a guy who's actually going to boom, and you talk about the pass catchers, but Drake London banged up right now. I don't know if it's Janu Smith. I don't know if it's Kyle Pitts. But I know Bijan's usually one of those targeted guys pretty often. And as I think as the season progresses, you're getting first downs. Now you get to see Bijan be more involved as like an Alvin Kamara, like Rashid White is, or Rashad White is right out in Tampa Bay, where he maybe against his New Orleans, those jet schemes, you're not running the ball, you're catching the ball out of the backfield because that's where you can you know, attack those teams. I mean, he was getting plenty of targets with Desmond Ritter. Now, to your point, wasn't getting him in a position where he could actually run after catch as much because of the accuracy issues. So that part I do agree with you on completely, and we'll have to see. Uh, you are starting him, obviously. Alexander Madison got this 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 whole rotation thing they got going on with this backfield makes absolutely no sense to me. Cam Akers looks far and away the better back, but Alexander Madison keeps claiming back his usage every single week, every time we think Cam Akers is actually going to eat into it and take over. However, this week in particular with Jaron Hall, I'm banking on the idea that they're probably going to be a little more run heavy than what they've been with Kirk Cousins. I think that's safe to say. As a result, I do have Madison inside my top 24-22. I do have Akers as a potential hope he falls in the end zone flex option because it's that bad. Yes, it's that bad at the running back position. Uh, Jordan Addison, I still have him as a flex play this week. Drake London, if he plays as a flex play, but we still got to wait and see on that. KJ Osborne sitting outside my stacks. TJ Hawkinson still fire him up. Kyle Pitts, I'm actually mostly I'm pretty aggressive with Kyle Pitts this week. I got him a tight end six this week, somewhat in anticipation of London not playing. Do you guys have any other notes you want to get into in this game before we move on? I will for the Pitts thing. I'm I'm conf- I'm a little nervous of Pitts. Um, just because I do think Heineke targets the tight ends. We saw him do that a lot in Washington as well. But we also saw Janu Smith continue to be one of the leading target catchers last week, even when Heineke came into the game. So Pitts, that ceiling is still waiting to be remained to see. Sorry, yeah, Jason, and, and the one thing that does, I mean, you talked about this, does the 
Heineke addition, like length in the field for these guys, stretch things out finally for them. And the biggest problem with that is the only way that the field is compressed is the fact that no matter where you are in the field, you're still within 52 and a half yard, 53 yards of the sideline where Smith is standing still and coaching this team. And until that, until major happens with how he runs things, I'm still, I still don't have a ton of confidence in, in this pass game to actually do the right thing, but I do like Pitts over, uh, over Smith. But if London doesn't play, they may both have a lot of, uh, usage. No, great. Smith will move. Up. I have my yeah. 17 right now. He will likely move up in my rankings if, if London's going to be out. Chris, you want to feel this question from Josh? Uh, can you see Chiefs defense or Browns defense rest of the season? Who would have thought we'd be talking about that right now? Um, I still think I'm going to stick with the Browns defense. They've kind of shown you that they had the most talent. The only concern I have from they don't like a lot of turnovers. Um, and they, you know, they don't have a huge sack, to- no turn, um, sack total outside of Miles Garrett. But they do keep score low. They have a good run de- run offense. And the Chiefs, I think that defense without Bolton right now can get exposed a little bit with the running attack, have a tough um, you know, schedule coming up as well. So I, I will go with Cleveland. They also have a bye coming up, which the Browns do not. So that's part of it too. Good point. Uh, good point. Josh, also, do you think Everett will play this week? I will be talking to Brian Scott at 930 right here on this YouTube channel from the injured list podcast. Brian Scott will come on. We'll break down all the injuries tomorrow. I am going to talk about that a little bit later in today's show too. What I would do if Gerald Everett is out. So let's go ahead to our next match. Speaking of the Browns, we got the Cardinals taking on the Browns. We don't know who the quarterback's going to necessarily be. Kyler Murray's been off the injury report, but they still haven't fe- technically activated him. Practicing full today, too, by the way. But we still might see Clayton Toon. We don't know. Looks like the Cardinals want to skip to the plan. It sounds like their plan was to bring him back in Week 10, but maybe with the trade of Josh Jobs, it forces their hand and he comes back a week early. Still to be determined. Cleveland, though, favored in this game, minus 8 with an over-under of 37 and a half. I can't bet this game right now until I know who the quarterback of the, of the Cardinals are going to be. If it's Clayton soon, I probably will lean on taking the Cleveland Browns minus eight in this game. But until then, this is a no-go for me. Uh, I've actually ranked Murray with the thought that maybe it is Murray, and I got him at QB 18. Anybody think it should be higher, QB 12? Because I just don't think he's going to run, so that's why I can't put him in the top 12. Chris, you're shaking your head now. No, I think I mean I think that's as, as high as I would go. I know we talked about the quarterback state, so I I, I can't necessarily say he couldn't go higher. Um, but I, I look at kind of his offense, what they have around him right now. I wouldn't be excited at versus Cleveland defense, um, and I don't think that Cog Murray's going to come out kind of necessarily just hit the ground running. I think they actually have a better chance of tune plays because I think that they'll use the running attack, and I think you have to have that element versus Cleveland where you're just going to put your quarterback in a lot of jeopardy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, we don't care about PJ Walker. Kareem Hunt, though, Adam, I do have him as a top 24 lock him in play. Now, Ford surprised all of us. We went from a one to two week timeline to, hey, I'm back and playing. Clearly, though, was not at 100%. And it also shows you the usage of Pierre Strong. We still played a little bit ahead of him. I would suspect, even though he was limited today, that Ford will be a little bit closer to 100% this week, and we'll see a little bit less of Pierre Strong. But I'm still going to rank Kareem Hunt ahead as far as all the Cleveland Brown running backs are concerned because, well, Hunt still gets a lot of the goal line work. And his role, whether it was Ford, whether it was Pierre Strong, uh, didn't change. He actually had 37% of the snaps. That's what he was getting when Ford was at 51%. So none of that changed for Kareem Hunt, and he still finds a way to be fantasy valuable because he's getting the goal line role. Do you agree with that, or would you have Jerome Ford ahead of him this week in anticipation of him getting healthier? 
I'm probably going to give it one more week where I'm more Kareem Hunt. Uh, I, I do think the upside of uh, Ford was a lot better. I, I, I don't think the ceiling is particularly high with Kareem Hunt. You're hoping he falls into the end zone once and gets a couple catches, and that's about uh, all you're looking for. Uh, but there are there are valuable fantasy points in that. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think he's playable. I'm not necessarily excited about it. He's not a fun person to play. <laughs> he doesn't look great to watch. Uh, but he gets points. Live with it. He gets points. I, I, the same could be said for Amari Demarcado. He gets touches. He gets usage. You're hoping he catches the ball in a matchup like this against Cleveland. And I got him at RB28. And I can't find a good argument to ha- not have him at RB28. Jerome Ford, by the way, I do have him at RB25, so still somebody that you might be looking to flex this week. I am still higher than the ECR chase on Amari Cooper. Again, I'm at 24. I'm still starting him. He's, he had what? It was the 37, 38% target share of the team last week. He's still getting volume. still at 89 yards. He had a decent output. Elijah Moore be damned. DJ paid PG is gone. Like it's it's the Amari Cooper show. Maybe, maybe David Ajoku breaks one, sprinkles him in a little bit here. But Amari Cooper is getting enough volume with PJ Walker. Why well, I still feel confident in starting him as a wide receiver two rather than maybe a wide receiver three or questionable flex play. Where are you at on this? No, no, I, I agree. I have him. I have him at uh, 26 this week. So yeah, I mean, I, I still like him no matter who plays quarterback for them, whether it's PJ Walker, whether Deshaun Watson ever comes back or whoever, you know, even if it's DTR, um, I just, just Amari Cooper is, he's, talented players. He's too talented. He's the most talented pass catcher on that team. And if they're going to throw the ball at all, it should be going his way to be dead honest with everybody. I mean, he's proven that in his time there. Um, yeah, I, I like him at 26. It's uh, it's a decent matchup pass wise. Uh, the Cardinals are going to give up some pass yardage. We know that. And, uh, and it's been, yeah, now with DPJ gone, they may be trying to find a new equilibrium in their pass ca- uh, game but the one constant that you can be sure they're not going to tweak with is they're still going to keep throwing the ball to Omari Cooper. He's 16th in the league right now in, in target share. He's got a 25% target share on the year. Yeah. Catching one out of every four passes they put in the air. I mean, excellent. You, yeah, you, don't, you can't argue with that. Uh, Marquise Brown still going to flex him regardless of the quarterback is. He's still getting enough of the target share where he is flex worthy, even in a tough matchup. This is the one guy I really want to talk about in this game, and that's Trey McBride. It's not necessarily for this matchup. Uh, Trey McBride, top eight tight end for me. Again, target share, garbage time, however you want to draw it up. He's a top 10 tight end, even against a tough matchup, the toughest matchup you can have against Cleveland Browns. It was a tough match against Baltimore last week, and he still had a hell of a day. But the, what I want to clear up here is that there are some, not everybody, but some in our industry that seem to suggest the idea that his value rest of season goes down if Kyler Murray steps into being a starting quarterback, which makes absolutely no sense to me. I heard some people talking about like, well, Kyler Murray doesn't really throw it to the tight end nearly as much. Maybe not 31% of the time, like Josh Dobbs was doing okay. But Zach Ertz... When he came over in 2021, week seven through 18 was a tight end three with a 21% target share. He held that up for the first 10 weeks last year as a tight end four with an 18% target share. Kyler Murray throws the ball to the tight ends. I don't know what I don't know what everybody's problem is. Chris, am I crazy? What are we talking about here? Yeah, and Zach Ertz was dead in Philadelphia. I think we yeah. forget about that too. I mean, he basically had was. Guy, he was trying to get rid of him. Get rid, you know, this guy has, has nothing left in the tank. Goes there and somehow becomes fantasy relevant. As you talk about third and tight end three, because Kyle Murray peppered him with targets. Looks for him in the red zone. 
I see no reason McBride's going to get used any differently. Um, they only have two legitimate weapons, really. The passing game as it is, Marquise Brown, you're going to have McBride. You know, I like the kid Wilson. He's going to ha- he gets out there, he gets a lot of snaps, but he's not anything necessarily polished yet. And then you're looking at Rondell Moore, who they still can, you know use as a gadget player. So when it comes down to it, we're not running you know the same offense anymore either. Is this going to be a different offense? Todd Murray's going to throw it into somebody, and I think consistently you're going to see him throw between the hashes like he always does, and that's the tight ends position. Yep, 100%. David Njoku is used to still not consistent enough for me to have him inside my top 12, but I am going to keep my eye on this without DPJ. Does some of that small target share get shifted over uh, in his direction? Let's go to our next match. <laughs> Chase, did you want to excuse yourself? I last week you said you wanted to dip out when we, before we talked about the. Pack. Oh, well, oh, you guys, you guys are breaking. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll bring him back in here. Come on, He's got to suffer with the rest. Oh, of us. They, oh, great! No, I jiggled my cord and came back. It's good. <laughs> We're okay. All Don't right, Chase, well, you didn't miss anything. I said like the Green Bay first talk, half yes. of the offense. Time to talk about the Commanders game, right? <laughs> Commanders. Patriots, let's go. Rams headed up to Green Bay in this matchup here. Uh, Stafford, of course, dealing with the UCL sprain. Puka Nakua dealing with some knee knee swelling on top of it. So we got to keep our eye on that one. Um, We're going to get into Stafford and all that in just a bit. Green Bay favored by minus three points here. That, I think, is a complete reflection of the idea that we might be seeing Brett Rippon this week going into green Bay. There's a real possibility that's going to be the case. I will remind you, and this is my note for Matthew Stafford. And I still do have him ranked as if he plays. And if he plays, I have him ranked at QB 15. He did play through this exact injury in Detroit without missing any time. Now, whether he doesn't miss any time this week or not remains to be seen. I'll talk to Brian about that tomorrow, but I don't think it's a long-term injury. So that's the good news for Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup owners. If he does miss this week, I think there's a decent chance he'd be back next week. I don't think there's a long-term thing. And they still haven't ruled him out this week. So something we'll have to keep our eyes on. If it is Brett Rippon, I will have to knock down Puka Nakua. Between that and knee swelling, Puka Nakua might be a wide receiver three for me. Questionable play at that. The only guy I'm definitely going to play still is Cooper Cup because I believe the volume would still be there. Quarterback like this, he's going to latch on to his number one target. That still is Cooper Cup in this offense. But I still will probably take him out of my wide receiver seven spot. Eh, maybe he drifts back into my high-end wide receiver two spot. Either way, he's still going to be a starter guy for you. Chase, is Aaron Jones finally going to get an Aaron Jones workload? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're still talking about this game, huh? Um, no. I mean, I I would love to tell everybody he is, and I'm – yeah, I've got him ranked at 18 and hoping that he gets something akin to a starter's full workload. But, again, none, no, none of us has had any idea what – including the people who run the damn show in Green Bay. No one has had any idea what they've been doing with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon the last couple of weeks. Again, either Jones is healthy enough to play, and if he is, he's your most dynamic offensive player, given the football, or he's not. And if he's not, why is he out there? And just give the ball to A.J. Dillon and stop teasing us all. So, yeah. So, yeah. no, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I would love to be able to tell everybody out there, yeah, Aaron Jones gets the workload again, and he's a high-end high end running back two, borderline running back one. But I'm – he. He's nothing more than a you hope he gets enough to maybe 
be a high end or a low end running back too right now. He needs some full practices and he was limited again today until he gets some full practices in. I don't think we can expect him to get the role that he should get. And I think that's what this is boiling down to for now. I have him as an RB two. Yep. Uh, I will pro- a mid-level RB two. I will probably move him down to RB three, maybe low end RB two, because given the bye weeks this week, if he doesn't get a full practice in at some point this week, because the usage has been terrible. It's it's been 50-50. AJ Dillon's out targeting him last week. And it's not it's not just the amount, it's yeah. the win. It's the right. win they're using him. They get down inside the damn red zone where you would want your best players on the field, or at least that's kind of conventional football wisdom, I guess. I've always thought so. And they get right down where they should want to use him and they yank him off the field. It's just bizarre and stupid and not just from a fantasy standpoint not just from a Packer standpoint just kind of from an all-around what the hell are they doing <laughs> uh adam i want to make a case here that Royce freeman should take over i don't know that he will take over but i want to make a case here that Royce freeman should take over at least be more the lead guy than henderson is henderson's 3.1 yards a carry freeman's been over five freeman's good in pass protection freeman's decent in the red zone Darrell Henderson is worse than watching Kareem Hunt run the football right now, in my opinion. Uh, I'm four spots lower in the ECR. I got him at RB26, having said all that. Uh, not a bona fide must-start play. And I think there's a chance we see Freeman maybe take the lead. What's your read in this backfield right now? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I Definitely from the get-go, these are the two guys that I, I thought had the highest potential. And originally, I did think it was probably going to go Royce's way. Um, but I, I think at some point, uh, Sean McVay probably loved the familiarity and maybe that continues to win out, especially if Stafford doesn't play. Uh, but it, at some point you just got to look around and be like, okay, well, everyone else worked out. Henderson was like, nope, not an NFL player and kicked them to the curb. So at some point you just have to understand internally, that it's just not there anymore. Uh, and it's strange because the last we saw him last year, I thought he looked fine at least. I, I didn't think I would be preferring Royce Freeman to him. Um, but here we are in this year. And yeah, I, I think that's where I am as well. Is it just favorites, Chris? Sean McVay just plays his favorites and that's the end of the day. I mean, I think you guys are selling Henderson a little bit. You're putting guards per carry all on him. And a little, little yeah. difference in the touches as well. Uh, Freeman had, I think, nine carries for 44 yards. Did get the touchdown, but Henderson got, you know, rotated out the snap before that. So it wasn't like he just came in to get the touchdown. He's not the red zone guy particularly. Um, and Henderson caught the ball three catches, 52 yards. The 52 yards, that was most second most, I think, for the team last week um, and had the most explosive catching yards for, down the field for the team. So Henderson hasn't been a guy who's been great, but has had a little bit of a spark where Freeman has no spark in the pass attack. I think he can pass protect. Um, he can run straight. But I think Henderson has a bit more wiggle. He can actually make things happen somewhat with that offensive line. It's not very good at all. Um, and I think what you just see is kind of a preference on the backs that kind of fit the system. Rivers was a smaller guy. Kyron Williams was a smaller guy. They moved away from the kind of the bulkier guys, I think, because that line can't get any push. Um, but I think when it also comes down to pass protection, or I'm sorry, passing attack, you're going to see probably Stafford, if he does play a lot of shotgun, you're going to see Henderson coming out of the backfield for the option route. So I do think for me, I don't know that's I a preference. Go ahead. I don't know if that's the case. They might look at it as more as they need to protect Stafford, in which case Royce Freeman is the better man for the job. And you take this offensive line, Freeman's been getting on early downs too, and he's getting five yards to carry. He's he's looked more spry to me than Denver Henderson. 
I know it like, was a big catch last week. But that was I mean, I guess you could say that. Um, but I, I, I look at it a little bit different. I think for the difference for me for the the passing attack wise and the, and the spryness, I don't think that you're going to see Freeman. Yes, he's a good pass protector, but you need some other spark in the offense. This team has to be able to score points and get first downs. They've been struggling as of late. I just think they're going to rely on a guy that think and make some guys miss. They can use a little bit different than Freeman, who's kind of more of a plotter and maybe uh, sometimes he catches that three yards and he'll flare out of the backfield. We'll have to see. For now, you are playing the Rams receivers, like I said, until we find out more about Stafford playing Cooper Cup. Regardless, Puka Nico keep an eye on the knee swelling. Uh, I don't really want to play a Packers wide receiver. I uh, have them both pretty much as high-end wide receiver fours, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Jaden Reed shouldn't even be owned. Uh, I was kind of shocked a little bit the amount of people who still own him in 10 and 12 man leagues so i i it was enough so that i actually have to hit this drop prepare to be flushed can barely get the top two guys the ball can barely get luke musgrave the ball and you're trying to throw Jaden reed at me as somebody who should be owned in fantasy football for redraft leagues right now i just i don't I don't understand it. Anybody else have any other notes on this game before we move on? Uh, Stafford is a, uh, he's a tough son of a gun. And yes. I, I fully expect him to, to play in that game. And I mean, he gives them the best chance to win. Don't laugh too hard when I say this, but they're a game out of a playoff spot right now. They're three and five. And right now the, the four and four Vikings hold that playoff spot down. Yeah. I mean, that's the state of the NFC right now, but as long as those are still kind of the case, and I, I think Stafford gives it everything he has to go. I, I don't think that anything's going to hold him out. I mean, we've seen the guy play with a blown shoulder for, before for crying out loud. Uh, I, I fully expect Stafford to, to be in if he can go at all, if he can't, you know, it's a much more serious injury than what we're, it, it comes down to whether he can grip the ball or not. That's, yeah. that's going to come. That's what it's going to come down to. So we'll have to find out. Let's go to our next match. <laughs> the tanking, the tanking Washington Commanders <laughs> on the New England Patriots. This upcoming game in New England. New England favored at minus three and a half with a forty-one over under. And I don't care if they're trying to tank. There's, these two teams are so wildly unpredictable in their in their games against the spread and their over unders, just everything. I got no bet here, guys. Uh, sorry, I wish I wish I could tell you to bet the Patriots at home at minus three and a half. I I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Sorry. Uh, Sam Howell though is a QB eleven, much like his team, wildly unpredictable. But then I go to my rankings and I look at the quarterbacks around them, and, and then I see. This week that we have, I have Derek Carr one spot ahead of him. I have Geno Smith one spot behind him. Gardner Minshew, Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford, who we're not even know we're gonna he's gonna play. And then I'm looking at Sam Howell like, well, you did have a big performance against Philly last week, and the numbers wind up putting you at QB eleven. It's uh, Chase. You have a good uh, you have a good sound effects for your mouth. Do you have a good puke? You have a puke sound <laughs> for me? right there. <laughs> That's what that's my next drop I gotta get for those. We need we need a good puke down for putting Sam Howell QB eleven. Yeah. Uh, Would he be he he wouldn't be QB eleven in his college freaking conference <laughs> right now? I mean 
And he's not, I mean, I don't know. He's an NFL quarterback. That's great. But right now, anybody who's an NFL quarterback gets ranked in the top third of the league, unfortunately. That's the thing that sucks. <laughs> uh, Brian Robinson and Ramondre Stevenson, both RB2s, both low-end RB2s. I will say this for Stevenson. If you can't get it done this week against this commander team that has no young, no sweat, no nothing, no reason to even play defense anymore, then you have a real alarming thing on your hands. By the way, Zico Elliott flex enough worthy in this particular matchup, actually, too. Terry McLaurin still playing him as a wide receiver, too. Let's talk a little Demario Douglas here, Chris, because he looks like he should... And I get a little bit scared about saying should and trying to use logic when it comes to the Patriots offense. Because every time they do something logical, they do the exact opposite. He should, in my opinion, be the number one target. He looks like he actually has some juice. He looks quick. I'm much heavier on him than the ECR guy. But wide receiver, I shouldn't say much, but wide receiver 43 to wide receiver 51. I think he is a wide receiver for Darthrow. No Bourne, probably no Devontae Parker. You know, we know Washington gives up the most fancy points to the wide receivers. I know Juju made a return, but there's, it's, I don't know, man. What, what, what do you think here? What do you think happens? Does the logical happen here? I think for the most part, it does. I mean, I think Pop Douglas is going to be the leading guy of this week or probably moving forward for most weeks, at least the top, you know, top two guys. Um, I think the problem, Dan, is what does that actually mean in this offense? <laughs> I, I think that's what we're kind of looking at is, you know, you talked about the commanders. I don't I don't necessarily think the commanders are quitting. I mean, I think the pass rush is going to be, you know, missed in the sense. But Hill, well, <laughs> look, Toe Hill started last year, and so did Williams. Toe Hill's got three sacks this year. Williams has got one and a half. When they replaced him last last year, they actually were four and two with those two guys as, you know, two starting ends for both those guys. So this isn't a team that hasn't done this before in a sense. And then look at the rest of the team. It's actually more talented than the Patriots, regardless of getting rid of the ends. You still got Payne in the middle. You still got Allen in the middle. So this isn't going to be easy necessarily for Matt Jones, uh, which makes everything look hard. This offense moves everything hard. Um, they got to get something out of it. I mean, the Josh McDaniels thing. I don't know if it's the, the offense just doesn't understand how to play today's football, but it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And I think Pop is the guy that you're going to, you know, has a chance to play if you're really desperate, not a bad flex option. With your receiver four is definitely probably on the, you know, on the table. Um, but I don't like necessarily what the upside is. PPR wise, could be really valuable. But as for what you do for the rest of the season, this team can't pass protect right now. So you get a lot of five yard catches and you're praying to God that something gets in the end zone at some point. Well, and these rankings are based on half point PPR. You know, if you, if, right. and, that, and that's exactly, I wouldn't attack him in standard. That, that's for sure. But half point, half point is like a, a lot of you know, five for 27. Hey. You know what? That's still like five, five catches. Yeah. That's still wide receiver 36. <laughs> Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne was a usable piece as the top option in that offense. If yeah. Demario Douglas Bourne can rise to the top, top of play more on the perimeter. Demario Douglas is we're, we're, Demario Douglas is going to play a different role than Kendrick Bourne. But, but if he's the, the target chair, option, the target, yes, exactly. that's my the, the yeah. target share might be enough where he has a decent enough floor, or they could go back to throwing the ball to the tight ends and the running backs, which is probably what they should do in the first place. But again, this is the Patriots that we're talking about. Uh, Logan Thomas is a ho-hum, low-end, tight end one. You got any more notes in this game, guys? Anything? You guys, What do you guys think about Dotson if, if Samuel's banged up again? He has, you know, the last two weeks had, what, half his yards for the whole season. I got him at wide receiver 41 in this game. The, the, the problem is, is that we've only seen him do it once now. It, and it took Sam Howell throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns for him to show up. 
as somebody that you even want to play. And you had him on the bench, were probably more remember. I thought we placed the Samuel. I think he was a wide receiver three two weeks ago. Um, but it was also a bad scoring week. It was part I was that was part of it. I'm not gonna trust Jahan Dotson this week because I'm not gonna trust that the Wash commanders have to throw the ball a ton in this game. And I think you need Sam Hall to have to throw the ball a ton to trust anybody outside of Terry McLaurin. Uh, and Logan Thomas has touched on upside. I was gonna say real quick, the enemy is one of the guys who you know expected pass rate seven one of the highest rates. Washington, they love to pass the ball. This is a they, they do love to pass the ball, but we need him throwing the ball like 40, 50 times high. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you, you can pass over rate and still capping off at like 35 as an average. It needs to be like 40, 50 times before I start to think anybody else has Terry McLaurin, who I want to throw out there at the wide receiver position. That's just me. Uh, Dodson has been on the radar. If this continues, and it might continue, Chris, rest of, I don't like it this week, but to your point, Chris, for rest of season, because now we, we look at the commanders, like could be a lot of negative game scripts where they have to get in these shootout situations in order to compete. Uh, maybe it, it might be an uptick. It, it might be a trending up player to your point rest of season. I still don't like it this week against New England in New England. I just asked because we have Pop Douglas we talked about. I don't think Dotson's too far off from Pop, Pop Douglas. No, I, mean, I have Dotson <laughs> two spots ahead of Pop Douglas, technically speaking. So, yeah, I mean, I would still have him ranked ahead a little bit there. Uh, but in the same category of I would rather have other options. All right, let's go to our next game. Let's talk about these Bears and these New Orleans Saints here. Tyson Badgett will be the quarterback for at least another week. It is in New Orleans. They are favored at minus 7.5 with an over-under of 41.5. Neither one of these teams like to win against the spread. Both only have two wins apiece. But they do (sighs) nothing. Because the Bears like to go over, and the Saints like to go under. They, uh, Bears have six games on the over because their defense is so bad, and, and usually it winds up happening. But the Saints are so inept that they go under six of their games, too. So this is a no-bet situation for me. As much as I should be taking the Saints at minus 7.5, without question, I can't do it because they're the Saints. That's the under. They, they, they find ways to just screw it all up. Uh, and it should be the under, too, Chris, to your point, because it should be a defensive battle, and the Saints shouldn't let the Bears score. But again, I'm not going to go there, because we might get the Saints' Derek Carr, who's been playing better, my QB10 on the week, by the way, against Chicago defense that likes to give up points. So it could go over just on that, too. Uh, it's dreadful. Yeah, Derek Carr, QB10. Adam, what do you think about that? I, I definitely think, look, this entire season, it has looked like he doesn't know the offense more than it's looked like um, <laughs> him being outright bad. Like, throwing the ball looks fine for him, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, the throws don't look egregiously <laughs> yeah. bad. The throws are pretty. They're spirals. They yeah. drop down. Well, what I, I think arm. he is throwing the ball where he intends to throw the ball. I just think that's the <laughs> – he shouldn't be intending to throw the ball there, but I think he's – going through his reads in a weird way. And I think it's been getting better. Um, that being said, the defense he played last week was atrocious. Now that could go either way. Uh, just in the sense that, is he getting better? Maybe, maybe not, but maybe that sparks a little bit of something, uh, gives him a little bit of momentum, especially playing against another really bad uh, defense that they can take advantage of. So the volume's been there the past couple of weeks. And yeah. Yeah. The volume's yeah. definitely there. So if he ha- is and truly improved, I think there's something there. He's yeah. sixth in the league in, in pass attempts. So yeah, he's throwing the ball all over the damn place. Part of it, though, that's why. Yeah. They're well, probably not yeah, be but, in this game. 
But well, we don't we don't care about scores unless you're betting on them. But I mean, for fantasy wise, I mean, hey, he's throwing the ball all over the damn place. He's throwing it, yeah, you know, 35, 37 points times a game. I mean, he's tossing it all over. And the Bears, I, here's what I will say: they've had to throw the ball to kind of move the ball for the most part. The Bears have actually been sneaky decent against the run, so maybe that forces them to throw a little bit more. Either way, Alvin Kamara is my number one running back overall this week. Uh, the Bears' backfield, I would rather not play it if I could at all help it. Here's 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 what I got for you. Uh, both Roshan Johnson, Donta Foreman are in my top 36. Therefore, technically speaking, they have to be flex plays. I do have Roshan ahead of Donta Foreman, 29 to 35. Technically speaking, he did play three snaps uh, or over Foreman last week. Uh, not that it meant much. And there's some inciting report saying that because Roshan missed a couple of weeks to the concussion, the Bears didn't want to give him the full workload that they would initially intend for him, meaning or explaining to some degree why Darrington Evans was still part of this backfield. And that's the big problem here. Watching Darrington Evans get that touchdown just drove me up a wall. I could not believe that crap. I was like, are you kidding me? That helps no so one. Hope is, yeah. The hope is Roshan gets more of the workload, which comes at the cost of Darrington Evans. Donta Foreman keeps his role, and then there you go. But either way, I I, I would rather avoid it if I could. I don't know, Chris. What do you and got? The Bears fired their running back coach too, Dan. Just for an extra note. Yeah, it wasn't for performance issues though. It was there's some kind of off the field thing going on there. Which they've um, had a lot of that this year. I was gonna be Adam like. <laughs> Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's been a it's been a yeah, house of cards. Has been involved. That's all I'm saying. Alan Williams got had HR involved yeah. in the situation. Like, yeah, it's it's a little dicey over there. Uh, Kevin uh, commented in him trust a car this season, but you have to like him against the Bears. Yep, that's kind of where I'm at, Kevin. You don't have to. I mean, it's well, kind of by default. Yeah. However you want to look at it here. Uh, let's talk a little Chris Olave because I still have Chris Olave. Bye, bye, bye. As a buy low candidate this week, first of all, one of the best schedules for a wide receiver you could possibly have the rest of the season. So that, that's definitely part of it here. 31% target share last week and 27% for the season. That is wide receiver one levels. I believe in the talent of the player. The volume is there. The matchups are there. I think of all the guys who have disappointed us to this point of the season, that has a chance to turn around in the second half of the year. Because remember, we just now hit the halfway mark. I think he's that guy. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I, I like where he's at a lot. And I actually have something that I want to pose to you guys because we've, we've now talked about the first guy. And now we have Olave. Uh, between rest of season, uh, Olave or Hawkinson, where, where is your head at in that situation? TJ Hawkinson? Yep, that's the one. Well, given that obviously <laughs> it's in a tight end spot, so there's the positional right. advantage there, and you enter the tight end carousel by giving up a Hawkinson. I got offered a, a combination yeah, of players, including those two, and for me, it comes down to which of those I prefer. And again, including it's a tight end spot. Well, what's your tight end position? Now? I would have to enter the waiver wire carousel, which would be so you'd be giving up Hawkinson, correct. I probably would not do it. I, I'm not going to give up a guy who I... Hawkins is still going to get a ton of targets. Right, I agree. I don't want to enter the tight end carousel. I, I mean, unless you have a Trey McBride or something like that sitting there waiting for you, 
I don't think I, I don't think I would do it as much as I do love Chris Olave and think he can get this thing turned around. Well, and that's why I brought them up because both of them, I think the target share really interesting throughout the rest of the season, just with how much, uh, you know, the ball was getting thrown in Arizona to the tight end. And then with the target share that Olave is getting and just not like the air yards are great too. He's getting targeted down the field. It just hasn't been hitting. Uh, and I, I think it will. Yeah, I, I no, I tend to agree with that too. But the Hawkins and the advantage yeah. thing, I don't, I don't want to get the tight end right now. Just no, but I wanted to throw it out. Just between the two guys, period. Regardless of position, thus far, Hawkinson's been getting you two points more per game. I mean, but at, but at a position like tight end where it's so goddamn unpredictable, you can find even if even if Alave turns this around and raises up to you know another three, four, five points a game, which would be a gigantic ass turnaround. You can, you've, there are other receivers that, that are getting you that this year. There's not a ton of tight ends that are getting you almost 15 a game like Hawkinson can. And like, I expect him to kind of continue doing, especially if Dobbs does take over. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's move on here. DJ Moore is still got to play him as a wide receiver too, given his usage and Michael Thomas, if you need a wide receiver to get you 60 yards, no more, no less. <laughs> He's, he's your dude. He's a great prop that guy. He's not someone that I'm interested in. It is in. insane how consistently he just hits the 60 yard mark and oh, okay, goes I'm down. Good. I'm done. Um, Taysom Hill is a top 12 tight end for me. Oh, God. I hate yes, myself. Yes, he is. It's not going to happen this week. You know that, right? Because when he goes for two touchdowns the week before, it's almost a given the following week. He's not. He's not going to get the ball ever. Like they're not even going to go to the package. And as then we're all going to bench him, and he's going to get another two touchdowns. The yeah, as effective <laughs> as that package is, they never stick to it from week to week to week to week. No matter how many years they've done it, it, it doesn't matter. You can play with tight end. You want to take the chance? Fine. I mean, he's as good of a flyer as anybody. That's why he's a tight end twelve for me. I, I can't make sense of it. Chris, are you going to play Taysom, Taysom Hill this week? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, you talked about the tight end carousel that you're looking at. Otherwise, you have a guy who actually has upside. Unlike a lot of tight ends, I mean, you're not looking, you actually can get multiple touchdowns, possibly. You, you can actually get multiple usage wise, whether it's rushing the ball, whether it's catching the ball. There's actually a chance, or it's like in a joke, where it's like you get one catch in five yards, or you get five catches or 70 yards in a touch. You have no idea. Taysom Hill is just like anybody else, kind of flipping the coin, but I think he's got more upside than any other guys in the rest of the list. I think I'm so frustrated by this because I, my process of why I had him as 10-20 last week was correct. Jawan Johnson came back and he no longer had routes as a tight end. It was gone. And then, then they went back to their special Taysom Hill tight end package. I was like, well, I got nothing for that because that usage is so wildly unpredictable from week to week to week. That, Any other notes? Part Michael is trying to be creative, Dan, so they're not putting that back away right now. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have to, they need to have Hill throw the ball to Juwan Johnson in the red zone. Is what they need to do. Yeah, that's probably true too. Double dip right, on the tight end points. Let's go to our next matchup. That was. <laughs> Seahawks taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens are favored at minus six in this game with an over-under of 43. Both teams have a winning record against the spread. But because it's in Baltimore and Seattle has to travel to the east, I am actually going to take Baltimore to cover in this game at minus six. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I got him as a top four quarterback this week. Not quite at number two. I still have Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts ahead. So Patrick Mahomes ahead this week, too. But we do love ourselves some Lamar Jackson. Uh, Geno Smith, I don't know why, but he did crack my top 12. 
<laughs> I don't think my algorithm spit it out, and that's what it came up with. I don't have a good reason for it for you because Baltimore is a tough matchup to have. Maybe you get a negative game script, maybe you get a comeback from behind, and maybe all the other quarterbacks just suck that bad. But uh, yeah, Geno Smith. <laughs> That's pretty much where I'm at with that. Uh, Kenneth Walker. I am higher on the ECR than Kenneth Walker. Now, we need to see if he's going to be healthy, and he did practice today, so that's a good sign. He's coming up the calf issue. I think that's partly the reason why he only got eight carries last week, but he still was wildly efficient. Eight, eight yards a, a carry. I, mean, I know most of it came on the 45-yarder that he had, but that's Kenneth Walker, and he looked like Kenneth Walker even with the so-called calf issue he was having. I do think next week they get back to giving him the ball a little bit more, or at least try to, and if he can do that against Cleveland, he can do it against Baltimore, who's actually been a little bit more forgiving than Cleveland against the running backs 15th in fantasy points allowed. So for people ranking Kenneth Walker as a high-end RB2, I disagree. I got him as a mid-level RB1. Now, Zach Charbonnet did play a little bit more. So, Chase, do you think Zach Charbonnet is going to start to play up to his draft capital, or was that just a Kenneth Walker maybe wasn't 100% situation? No, not in any way, shape, or form. I, I think if he was going to play up to his draft capital, we would have already seen that like we've seen with other backs around the league. I mean, he is, he's he's just not going to have that role right now as much as we all thought he should coming in or thought that he would, and why would they take him that higher if they didn't want to use him? your guess is good as mine. Try and read Pete Carroll's mind. Um, but no, I, I, I don't like Walker quite as much as, as you do this week because of the matchup with Baltimore. But I mean, I, if, if Kenneth Walker is healthy enough to play, unlike in green Bay, I think they're going to actually give their number one guy or their nominal number one guy, the actual work. Um, I'm not excited about Charbonnet. I've got Charbonnet ranked way down at 46 right now. I'm, I just I don't have any confidence in in him yet, until and unless they show me otherwise. Yeah, I agree. I also have a RB forty six this week. Uh, Adam, you want to help out Bryce here? Do I trade Raheem Mostert and Amari Cooper for Saquon Barkley, the Mister Forty Man Touch himself? <laughs> uh, I don't love it. I I'm struggling with uh, Saquon at the moment. I know he hasn't played with Daniel Jones since what was it like week one or two. Um, yeah. So maybe that's a, a, a rise for him, but his schedule is tough throughout the, After the year. Maybe get the Raiders. This offensive line is bad, bad. This offense as a whole is bad, bad. So as much as from, from a bad, process bad. perspective, I want to get the person who I perceive to be the best player, and to me that is Saquon Barkley, and I do want to potentially get rid of Mostert if I could find the right value for him, but. I Saquon feels like a landmine to me. It, I don't it's, know. It's the, it's the most and the Cooper part for me. I, I hear you on. If you could tell me that Saquon's not going to get hurt getting this involved, <laughs> that would be fantastic. And I say pull the trigger right away. But it does feel like given Saquon's history, if he gets utilized like this, which by the way, Darren Waller, we haven't gotten that game, but Darren Waller right. might be missing some time. He might get utilized like this. No, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's uh that's from his own mouth yeah yeah exactly so that that's the part where it gets a little tricky here like i don't think they're gonna want daniel jones to run too much i don't think there's gonna be too much rpo action with the neck issue i think they're forcing him back honestly before he's probably ready to come back let's all be honest like all of a sudden tyrod taylor goes down and then daniel jones is ready to be cleared like the second later like "Eh, i don't know if health really works that way um I lean towards wanting to make that deal, but you would have to tell me that you have some good other backups at the wide receiver position because I still like Amari Cooper as a wide receiver too. 
Uh, so that would be the, that would be the case for me there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's talk. Uh, I, I gave I gave Chase a question too early here. I got to go back to Chase. Sorry, Chris, because we got to talk a little Gus Edwards and we wouldn't be meeting our quota if it wasn't me and Chase talking about <laughs> Gus Edwards. Uh, boss. I think you would be proud of me this week. I do have him at RB 15, but I do have him as the biggest sell sell of the week. He just can't resist giving him a backhanded compliment. He had his best game of the year. Three touchdowns, 80 yards, best game of the year. You know the 80 yards is the most he's had all season? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Close to getting 100 yards rushing at all this year. And the games he doesn't score a touchdown, he's a low in RB3, RB4. And that's what bothers me. Because they could easily switch this for Lamar, who was running in all the touchdowns early in the season. It could easily switch back to that from Gus Edwards. So well, with the Gus Edwards right now, coming off of that performance, I think you can get something that's way more valuable than he should be right now if you go ahead and sell him. So that's my standpoint on him. What do you got? Go ahead. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that coming off of that game, you can probably get something that's going to be more consistent or at least more consistent than Gus has been to this point. But, I mean, you're giving up the lead running back, for better or worse, you're giving up the lead running back in a team that runs the ball all over the place, even with a running quarterback. I still think that he has a ton of value there, and, and I'm not willing to necessarily bail on him unless I'm getting something that I know is a is a surefire, you know, much more what? steady. You know, if you, if you want to check, if you want to check the the consistency ratings and then trade him for somebody that's a little higher on that, then you'd be my guest on it. But I still think Gus Edwards has something to to offer him. By the way, you're actually higher on him than I am this year, this week. I haven't seventeen. Yeah, look at that. So look take at that. that. There you go. Yeah. I did that just to make you feel bad about yourself. Really crappy. You did a really good yeah. job. You did a really good job. Uh, <laughs> Bryce here came back and said his wide receivers are Waddle, DK, Garrett Wilson, Pittman, and Amari. In that case, yes, Bryce, I would do the deal. Adam, would you, knowing what his wide receiver group is? Yeah, that does yeah. make me feel a lot better about it. I, I think where I land is just that. From a process perspective, my process would lead me to saying yes in it, but I feel very gross saying yes, just knowing the schedule, knowing the efficiency, knowing the offensive line. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, trust the process, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, trust the process. It's not always pretty, but trust the process. Uh, Zay Flowers, the wide receiver two for me. So is DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, a wide receiver three. Uh, Chris, let me ask you this question. So I felt a little weird about this. DK Metcalf came in as my wide receiver 16, and I wound up having a bigger gap than I was anticipating between him and Tyler Lockett, who I have at wide receiver 33 this week. Now, while Lockett had the better fantasy day last week, and it wasn't a tough matchup, but DK Metcalf still had 14 targets it's just clear to me this year more so than other years it seems to be a more focal point on at least trying to get the ball to dk metcalf even though it hasn't always been successful and i think that's what leads to the gap for me plus it's not a great matchup in general either but with tyler lockett it, the matchup doesn't really seem to matter does he get the ball that week or not and that's kind of what it boils down to so what do you make of this situation right here yeah, I mean, I think you definitely have DK, like, you know, higher than, than Lockett. I think, which, to your point, Lockett can easily have production, especially when it comes to the yardage. But we like for DK right now is the involvement, especially in the red zone, and he's due. I mean, he's had a lot of, you know, we talked about the air yards we had last year, the 14 targets. This guy's way due for some, a big game, way due for some touchdowns. Ty Lockett's a solid player week in, week out, but he's going to give you, a, you know, maximum use like a receiver, too. DK can carry you in a week. So that's what I guess where the difference is, Dan, where it's not a great matchup on paper for either guy. But when you look at the upside, DK's upside is way higher than Lockett's, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Lockett just hasn't been as consistent as he has been the past couple of years. Jack Smith and Jig Butts, still not a thing, but getting a little bit more work, and I think that might have something to do with the consistency that we've been seeing out of the Seattle receivers. Uh, Lockett, needs, Lockett needs eight targets a game or more to be I agree with that. reliable fantasy-wise, yeah. whereas DK can turn six into a monster day. Yeah, well, I 100% agree. Well said, Chase. Uh, Mark Andrews, my number two tight end on the week. Anybody else got any other notes on this game? All right, let's head to our next matchup. Tampa Bay and the Houston Texans. In Houston, Houston favored minus two and a half in this game with an over-under of 40. Oh, Guys, I'm gonna give you a uh, one guess of what I'm gonna take here. Can you guess correctly? I want. I want to see. Dan, I'm gonna say the opposite. Of what you want to do on this? Oh, one. really? Really? You think the over, huh? I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm catching. I'm catching the under. By the way, under forty, because um, Tampa Bay's only had one game on the over, and Houston's only had two games. But Chris, why would you say do the opposite? I think you're going to see both teams pass the ball a lot, and as a result, there's going to be some turnovers possibly. I think the score can get a little higher as a result of that. I think both these teams, you know, because they're so pass happy oriented, you have a lot of teams when the having completions, the clock's going to stop for those kinds of things. So you're going to get a lot of plays, I think, for both these teams. I like it kind of a sneaky game to be one of those games, maybe like a 28, 27 games, kind of a shootout type of game. Neither team is much better than each other. Both teams can kind of turn each other over, get some pass rush. So I think it could be a sneakier game than a lot of people might anticipate. Yeah. Um, other than he, none of these teams put up that many points. You just listed at all this year. That's I, I think it's really funny for one and two telling that you didn't say they're passing a lot. So they're going to have a lot of like passing touchdowns. <laughs> it's because they're going to be giving them short yards. So people are going to have short fields. We saw it with the Saints. We see it with the Colts. We see it with Cle- it's just I, I don't disagree. Just watching it's just a, you keep getting a chance, you keep getting a chance, you keep getting a chance. It, it winds up getting you some yardage and it pays off in the end for you. And you do get those scores in the fourth quarter where it goes back and forth. And we actually get the double digits for both teams versus a lot of these games where it's like it's close. Both teams can run the ball. Clock keeps moving. Neither team can run the ball. Both teams are going to be a lot of second and third long situations. So you're looking for big, some big plays. I think Tank Dell is due for a better game than he had last week. Tampa Bay's secondary is not that great. Houston's defense, I think, is overrated when it comes to passing attack because you can run the ball usually on them. But Bryce Young was, had his best game the pro last week. So, I mean, I think Houston's run defense, I mean, pass defense overall is super impressive. And like I said, both these teams love to throw the ball. And these are also two teams that like to muck it up and play down their competition, too. So that's the other part of this. Is what's well, they're why both I'm, shitty, so that's, that's a perfect yeah. situation. <laughs> that's why I'm still going to stick with the under. But you make a compelling argument, and I hope it's more exciting than we think it's going to be. By the way, uh, Damian Pierce coming up on the injury report today with an ankle issue, did not practice, and very questionable according to reports as far as his availability this upcoming Sunday. So I haven't had a chance to update my rankings in reflection of what happens if – Damian Pierce misses. I did have him two spots ahead of Devin Singletary, 32 to 30. Uh, in that one, Pierce got a little bit more snaps than Devin Singletary. It was very close. But what the key was that Pierce, if he's on the field, is still getting all the goal line work. And Singletary, who I thought was going to have a better passing game usage, saw a 30 to 70 splits in favor of Mike Boone and long down and distance. And can I just say, 
I had no idea Mike Boone was even on the freaking team. This dude always <laughs> up when I'm trying to look for running backs with value rotations. And all of a sudden, Mike Boone comes out of nowhere like, hey, I'm here. I'm taking passing situations just enough to be annoying. I swore he was on Denver earlier this year. Like, I, where, where did you even come from? Like, like all these guys, these are, I'm going to, I want a Mike Boone category. That's what I want. You're going to throw guys like DJ Dallas in that category. You're going to throw guys like Darrington Evans in that category. Like guys who just like, I do enough in the passing game to ruin somebody else's day. Like they're all going to just be in the Mike Boone category for me from now on. Like, what are you doing? Go away. Shoo. Vamanos. Out of here. Yeah, so that that was my frustrations here, especially like looking for Singletary to kind of like get in that workload there. Now, again, like we said, the Pierce situation, if he's out, I would assume Devin Singletary would take on their roles and be more of a featured back in this one. So make sure you go to BellFantasySports.com. Look at my rankings throughout the week. Look at Chase's rankings throughout the week, which are also up too, by the way. And we'll be updating that as we get more information. There's not much else I can go into to there. What did you guys, I mean, you know, what, Chris, what did you, what did you make of the uh, situation there, the platoon situation with, with Singletary and Pierce? What did you see there? Yeah, I think it's been, you know, pretty much like you said, a 50-50 split. Well, to say a 40-40-20 uh, split um, with Boone getting his rotation in there. Most of the carries, you know, they go to Pierce. You do see Singletary getting the touches. You didn't see him involved in the passing attack. This team overall didn't do shit, you know, last week versus Carolina. They had 12 points, so it's hard to kind of gauge what they can both do. That makes me part overall, Dan, is where I don't really care about either guy right now. I think at the best, they're flex options at best. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take either one of these backs, and I wouldn't even necessarily want to play one of them just because the other one's out necessarily either. They just haven't really well, run up well. Um, and well, hold I'm, on, hold on. For this week, if one of them, if I tell you one of them is going to get fifteen plus touches, I think this week you're probably playing the one. I mean, you want to. It's not like it's not like you're playing no. like a great matchup here. No, if not. if if one guy can get everything that they both have, and then Mike Boone continues to come in for eight snaps a game. You might, yeah, you've got definitely a flex player, if not a low end. They played back the too. worst rush defense last week. I know. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm telling you what we've have. seen this year so far from the two guys combined. Again, kind of like we said with Dalton Kincaid and, and Dawson Knox and with the tight ends last week, if you can combine what they're both doing into one dude, you've got a usable piece there. And that may happen this weekend if Pierce can't go, because I don't trust Mike Boone to come in and take away appreciable work from, from the whole. Uh, if, if one guy is getting the run that both of them had been getting combined, I just, yeah, I'm not excited about having to put either one of them out there, whether it's one guy or both of them. So our pets heads are falling off. That's how I feel about the whole situation. Okay, so C.J. Stroud is a top 10 quarterback for me. I got him at number nine. He is the cutoff point between the top eight guys and then everybody else. But it is Tampa Bay. Gives up the 11th most fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. Stroud has had moments this year. Uh, Rashad White, as long as he's getting thrown the ball, he keeps being an RB2. Also very ugly to look at, but... Hey, you keep doing these checkdowns. I've been doing the last couple of weeks. That's all you're really looking for, Rashad White. You're playing Evans. You're playing Nico. You're flexing Godwin. I don't have Tank Dell in my top 36 this week, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if you want to take a shot on him as an upside play. He could give you something there, too. And Dalton Schultz, I have as a begrudgingly top 10 tight end this week, too. Also, I don't really love that as well. Does anybody have any notes on this game? 
I love Tank Dell this week. Love Tank Dell this week. He's an upside shot. I would definitely take a shot on him in DFS. Uh, just was disappointed with the usage that we saw a week ago. I just uh, can't believe we- you don't have Baker Mayfield ranked higher. I'm kidding. Yeah. I've, I'm kidding. Right. I've got him at 18. Okay. We with everything. Shut up. With everything we've been talking about all year and how much that you absolutely hate the man, and I don't understand why he has a family for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, well, that's what happened. I don't care. He leaves players on a computer for me. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, they are human beings. They're not. These are they're numbers. Not, they're not humans until I talk Running to them around on the life. tape. <laughs> yeah, in a week where Brett Ripon, Jaron Hall, PJ Walker, I'm probably yeah, seeing some stuff. Baker Mayfield becomes QB 18. Top 20 play. <laughs> It's the only, only time. Let's go to our next game. It's the Colts taking on the Carolina Panthers. And before we go any further, where was your precious Adam Thielen, fellas? Where is he at? Oh, look at these showdown standings. Oh, look at that. It's so beautiful. Uh, How you guys far outside was he, Dan? Because he had eight catches at 77 yards. I think he sucked. He was wide receiver <laughs> 30, and I had him at 24. And I said, we, in order for me to win, it was 17. So pretty far off the mark. I wasn't even low enough on Adam Thielen this past week. Now, Chris, to your point, I do have Adam Thielen at wide receiver 11 this week because usage did not go away. (laughs) Mingo was more involved as I thought he would be from that process standpoint. Thielen was very busy only catching the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage, which is a big reason why even with all the usage, absolutely nothing. Uh, But the usage did not go away. So he actually is my wide receiver 11 this week, but I said he would not be last week and I was correct. So that's all that matters. That's yeah, you yeah. You are, did you send a thank you package to Jamison Crowder and Rashid Shahid <laughs> and Dotson? We could do that. I can make Freaking that. Happen. Will Levis, little, little edible arrangement for those guys. Hey, give me the bragging rights. <laughs> yeah. That's all that matters. Chocolate covered strawberries, boys. I have a winning record in the showdown, and nobody else does. Okay, so the Colts are favored at minus two and a half here, and an over under of forty four. And I'm not touching this game with a ten foot pole right now. Uh, Gardner Minshew, though, is a top streaming option for me. I have him at QB thirteen, just outside my top twelve. Speaking of Bryce Young, he started got him at fourteen. <laughs> I, I like what? Like I don't care if every quarterback was a backup quarterback this week. He's had one game with more than one touchdown in it. He hasn't had a single game go over two hundred fifty yards. He's quarterback twenty seven on the year. And we know how bad quarterback's been this year. Why is the QB 14 in the ECR? I thought I was too high when I had him at 21. <laughs> like, what? Somebody want to explain this to me? Anybody? I mean, no? he has. If, uh, I would probably be closer to your ranking. But to be fair to Bryce Young, he has been inside the top 20 for three straight weeks. That's big for him. <laughs> now, it's mostly like 17, 19, like that type of thing, except for the three touchdown game. But three games in a row, top 20. High teens mostly. But That's more an indictment on the rest of the league. <laughs> but, but, I mean, no, you, but the point is. I agree with Dan. I'm just trying to explain where the ECR is probably coming from. <laughs> yeah. They're all a bunch of dummies, and this is why you should listen to us more. Okay. Uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, RB1 for me this week. Even with Zach Moss getting the usage he's been getting, Jonathan Taylor looks fantastic, and it's just a matter of time before he scores a touchdown. So that's kind of how I'm looking at that situation. He'd have been even better last week if they gave him the damn ball after halftime. 
Chris, what what Chris just said is exactly what's going on because they start off the game like Taylor's going to take over. Like, oh, well, this is the week Taylor's taking over. And then the second half, they go right back to Zach Moss. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like Jonathan Taylor doing bad in the first half, but Zach Moss. Everything he had was literally first half last week. I mean, they barely looked at him in the second half. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Moss is my RB twenty one. I had I forget the question. It was somebody asked me a question on, on social media, and it was it was between Zach Moss and uh, a, a running back who probably is in line for more usage. And I, I told him to go with Zach Moss. I'm like hey, Hollard, like was, <laughs> <laughs> your boy, your boy Tony. It wasn't Pollard. We are going to talk about Pollard later. Don't worry. Uh, before we move on, though, we do got to mention at least the Carolina backfield. So Miles Sanders was flat out benched apparently uh, last week. Now, he's not a drop for me because Hubbard looked like an incredibly inefficient, hurt, banged up Miles Sanders getting the job. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Adam, when you look at this, do you think maybe because Hubbard was so bad that Sanders maybe gets some work this week? I think, and I'm giving Reich more credit than I should, so you should probably ignore what I'm about to say. (laughs) However, I think given how bad the offensive line was getting killed, and that's been the case all season, so I don't want to act like it's not, but it was bad, bad this past week. Like, they were immediately in the backfield constantly. So I want to get, I would think that a competent coach, and I'm not calling Frank Wright that, but I would think a competent coach would give Chuba Hubbard one more week. I, I tend to agree with you. Look, I have Hubbard at RB20 and Miles Sanders at RB51. And while I think Sanders could get some work because Hubbard was bad, I don't think Hubbard is really particularly that good of a running back, so we may see him be that inefficient again. He still got the majority of the work in every single category last week, and the Colts have given up the fifth most fantasy points to the running back. So because of that, he just do the algorithm. He pretty much has to crack the top 24 for Anyone. me this week. But and they won. And it was just, it was very interesting for me to see Sanders get flat out benched. I, I thought Hubbard, maybe he takes the lead. I didn't think Sanders would get flat out benched. It was like, bizarre. Not- Raheem Blackshear came in and was yeah. like, and had more. Yeah. Raheem Blackshear. It's a lot of money you guys sitting on the bench of the running back position. Uh, My- Michael Pittman, top 20 receiver. Adam Thielen, like I said, 37% target share. I do have him at wide receiver 11 this week. Josh Downs continues to be somebody that I want to flex in the wide receiver 30 range. Uh, I, I'm not playing Mingo. I, I am kind of stashing him. These usage went up, especially with Terrace Marshall out of the mix completely. DJ Chark a little bit banged up. I'm ahead of an ECR. I think he's a, he's a stash and see play in a deeper league. That's pretty much where I have Jonathan Mingo at. Anybody else have any other notes in this matchup? All right, let's go to our next one. <laughs> Oh, Nelly, the Giants taking on the Raiders. I've been waiting for this one. Josh McDaniels is gone. Rejoice. Rejoice. I wish I had Christmas play right now. He's gone. And Aiden O'Connell starting. Oh, my goodness. Devontae Adams owners. Josh Jacobs owners. Everything is going your way. It's a miracle. How how bad is it that we're that excited? Josh McDaniels <laughs> and Aiden O'Connell gone finito. Maybe a guy, a super stud like Devontae Adams, will actually be allowed to touch the football now. Maybe Josh Jacobs will be in position to score a little bit more often. And it was after a game where Josh Jacobs looked good, so that might be back anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was against Detroit, who's been pretty good against the run uh, at that. Uh, How about that? So, okay, so the Raiders are favored at minus two in this game. 
Remember, Dalen Jones is coming back to play 37 and a half over under. I'm not getting out over my skis. I am taking the under in this matchup. Raiders have only had one game go over this season. And the Giants have also only had one game go over this season. Uh, Daniel Jones, QB 17. I know that technically puts him in the mid-level QB two streaming territory, but you should have better options this week. I'm not playing Aiden O'Connell. We are playing Saquon. We are playing Josh Jacobs. Let's get to the conversation that actually matters, Chris, because I know you're a Devontae Adams owner, so I want to get your take on this. Hope on the horizon, maybe for Devontae Adams. I got in my top 10. I am not straying. This is not a Devontae Adams issue. It never has been a Devontae Adams issue. He had Cam Sutton spinning like a top on Monday Night Football. He was open whenever he wanted to be. He just wasn't getting the football. So what do you think? 13 to 4 in in targets with O'Connell to Myers. I had Devontae Adams as a buy low while you still can. Where's your hope level out on Devontae? My hope's definitely higher. I mean, Josh McDaniels is gone. I, I've been you know, beating the drum all season with this, that he refuses to involve guys who have talent in his offense. Quarterback so, coach, you know, the offensive coordinator now, by the way, just to add that real quick. Sorry. What'd you say? Quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator now, by the way, just to add yeah, that. Yeah, the offensive coordinator as well, moved on from Lombardi. Um, so I think you know, all these things are definitely great things for Devontae Adams. The other great thing for Devontae Adams is Jimmy G's not playing quarterback, who just looked awful. Um, and he talked about the Humphrey yards left on the field. Basically, you know, Devontae Adams skunked his guys, had two touchdown opportunities, and Jimmy G just couldn't hit the ball and get the, get the ball to him. My concern moving forward is this, you know, I'm supposed to off the lines that was bad. This Raider off the line is terrible in pass protection. So I do, I do have some concerns. Now, that can be beneficial for Devontae Adams because you see a lot of three and third and 15s. Um, but what you're kind of worried about is, you know, the red zone usage and touchdown opportunities, which we haven't had a whole lot of, of late. So I think Devontae Adams, there's hope. I think he's a buy low, Dan. I'm with you on that. But I think you're still not going to get the draft capital you spend on him. Probably not going to get the draft capital you spend on him. But Aiden O'Connell, like I said, because he went to Adams so much, and I don't think that changes here with Antonio Pierce and everything that's going on, this team's going to probably look to Adams and be like, we're sorry. How much do you want the ball? Like, I, that's honestly what I think is about to happen here with Devontae Adams. So, Johnny D, to your question, yes, we're smashing. I do have him in the top 10 this week. Consequently, on the opposite side, I do have Jacoby Myers as a sell. Now, I don't know if the discrepancy between Adams and Myers' target share is going to be exactly how it was in one game. It's too small of a sample size with Aiden O'Connell. But I do know I felt better about Jacoby Myers with Jimmy G, with Brian Hoyer, and probably more importantly, with Josh McDaniels. Because that was his guy, his move, what he wanted to do with his offense was just play it short and get it to the guy over the middle of the field. So Myers, I don't want to poo-poo on how good he's looked, how well he's done, that he's. I still have him as a wide receiver three this week, but I am lower on the ECR than him. I would not have him as a lock-em-in starter, and I would try to sell him because there is more of a pathway in my mind that he could be hitting the basement. What do you think, Chase? Why is Hunter Renfro still on this team after yesterday afternoon? Oh, well, that, yeah, I look, whatever. I don't even know. Listen, no, this is a guy who was a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy three years ago. Like you said, though, everything over the middle that they want to do that they've been giving to Jacoby Myers, that's kind of a Hunter Renfro thing to do. Why they still have him, I, yeah, I, they don't know what they're doing. I don't care who they fired. They still don't know what the hell they're doing around there. So, or maybe they got fired because they didn't trade Hunter Renfro. 
Well, I get, yeah. I'll they, put that they, out there. They didn't trade a lot of things. I don't think Hunter Renfro was. They didn't trade anything. They didn't trade a lot of things. They weren't even answering the phone. That's what the reports were. For real. Apparently, yeah. they did not answer the phone at all during the trade deadline sweepstakes uh, yesterday. Adam, you want to help me out with this question here from uh, Wizzy? What's a running back you think you could get for DeAndre Hopkins? Never worth anything. That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> one thing. Things key part here. Right. Right. Um. I don't know. Uh, Javante is someone who I guess I would look around at. That might be tough with the stretch that he's had. Um, On a bye week, though, maybe somebody's desperate. Yeah. That's right. Uh, if you're super confident in like a Kyron coming back from injury soon, that's maybe a route you could go. Um, I like that one. Pacheco, the Montgomery injuries. I think those, that's kind of the tier that I would be looking at, but uh, it, it's going to be tough. And some of those are probably a little bit of a stretch, but in the right circumstances, maybe a desperate owner or someone who's super high on Levis uh, might go for it. I think uh, Javante Williams is a good caller. Uh, Wizzy, I, I would say this I would definitely not trade for Alexander Madison. Okay. That, we want to make sure I put that I think out he's there. talking about maybe if he. Or, or are you? Or do you mean Wizzy? Though, if you package him with a Alexander Madison, yeah, yeah. if you package with, I think if you package Alexander Madison and DeAndre Hopkins, assuming that's what he's talking about, um, I think that could probably get you a Javante. That would that would that would be good. Need someone for right now, as it is zero and four in the last four weeks. But if that does that mean you're four and four? Because you're four and four, it doesn't mean you have to desperately get somebody right now either. So it's it's you're still you're still in it. But let us know. Uh, as we move on here, Wandale Robinson, I will keep my eye on him because Daniel Jones is back in the lineup and there's no Darren Waller, and we know Jones likes to throw the ball in the middle of the field. Some throws have to go somewhere at some point. Wandale was getting a good target share before Jones got hurt. I'm not telling you to play him. I'm just saying pick him up, see what happens. Full point PPR leagues only. Uh, Michael Mayer, another guy I'm not as excited about rest of season due to the move here with Aiden O'Connell. I just expect it to be a lot of Devontae Adams. Uh, Wizzy here is three and five. I would still, like, Javante Williams is the guy I would target here in this situation. He's only going to be out this week. And at three and five, even if you were to happen to be three and six, you're still in a good spot for the playoffs. Javante somebody who have on a real trend up here uh, heading up in the next second half of the season. Anybody else like any other notes for this game? Nope. Okay, let's head over to our next match. We have to watch it. Chris, what'd you say there? The drop cut you so, off. So do we have to watch it? <laughs> We have to watch the Dallas Eagle game. How about that? Because that's going to be the only game worth watching on the four o'clock slate. Uh, so we got the Eagles here. It's in Philadelphia. The favorite at minus three. The over under at 46 in this one. Nobody big time injured here. Tyrone Smith might even play for Dallas. Both have had four games go over. And both teams can throw it over the top. It's my first over of the week that I'm actually going to bet. Here we go. Okay, so Jalen Hurts, we're playing him, obviously. He's my quarterback, too, on the week. And Dak Prescott is my QB8. That was the QB8 I was alluding to. That was the cutoff point for me this week. After that, it's a total and complete crapshoot. Playing DeAndre Swift as an RB1. Yes, he's still an RB1 for me, even against Dallas's defense. Number one offense in the NFL, I still believe, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Tony Pollard, let's talk about it. And I actually got to update this because I moved him down to RB16. 
Um, yeah, so I actually moved him down one spot below Gus Edwards, believe it or not. Eagles are the number one defense against the running backs in fantasy so far this year. Pollard's only had two top 12 finishes all year. With killing him, more so than anything else, is that he's only had a 13% team target share. They're not throwing the football. That's what Pollard's supposed to be good at. That's supposed to be his bread and butter. If you're not going to throw him the football, then he's more like a Kenneth Walker in the sense where he might pop one every now and then, but he's not this, he's not a Mike McCarthy prototype. Mike McCarthy wants the running backs like Zeke. He wants the guys who fall forward for four yards on a more consistent basis. If you're not going to use Pollard getting him out in space, you're wasting him. And maybe Pollard's not as explosive as he once was coming off that ankle issue, whether it's a, a health thing or whether it's a mental thing for him. You can make that argument, too, because I've seen cases. I've seen evidence that suggests that maybe that could be an issue. It's not necessarily an offensive line thing. Even with the Cowboys offensive line banged up, they still have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. It's a usage issue. Number one for me with Tony Pollard. Chris, what do you make of this situation and where would you be valuing Tony Pollard right now? It's not breaking tackles, not being elusive. It's he's, he's he's grading out terribly at everything. I mean, I agree with you, Dan. The usage that in the passing attack isn't what you'd like it to be. We're getting excited just having you know Michael, um, sorry, Brandon Cooks being involved in the passing attack. So it's not as too much of Mike McCarthy involving people and feeding mouths. Um, so I mean, I look overall, Pollard's a guy that maybe you ch- I still think is a guy you could try to buy high on the idea, uh, I mean, buy low on on the idea that maybe. It goes off. He's still the RB one, but for sure, Rico, you know, Dow is not going to steal his his touches from him. So there's no competition in that backfield to kind of take it away from him. But I'd be very, you know, you're never going to get the draft capital by Tony Pollard, and I'm very, very down. I've seen my eyes. It just doesn't look explosive. Doesn't look good. So overall, you're kind of concerned, especially with this matchup this week. And unlike, let's say, like like a Bijan Robinson, I have ranked in a, in a similar territory to Tony Pollard this week. I have hope or at least more hope that Bijan has a better second half of season. Maybe doesn't give you back to draft cattle, but can get you to be a low end, true low end RB one, maybe in the middle of RB one, if some things break his way. I don't have that hope for Tony Pollard. Like I have seen nothing that makes me think this gets better. Adam, have you? No, uh, I, 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 maybe you get a little bit, you know, further from the injury, things get a little bit better, but I'm not counting on it by any means. One thing I'm going to say at some point he has to score touchdowns in the red zone though cuz he's True. been they've been horribly inefficient in the red zone Dallas and Jefferson. Um and they're constantly in the top 10. So he I mean he's got like, you know, eight rushes at the 1 yard line he hasn't scored yet off of, so th- there is some possibility of regression to the norm for him, I should say. Yeah, and that's 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 fair. The problem uh, is that week six though. That week six he had seven targets, and last week he had one. Like your yeah. whole point about his usage in the pass game. Well, what are they doing throwing him to him one time in a game? I they got they got cooks involved. Like I said, Chase, don't yeah, ask him to do too much. Don't ask him to do. Too don't much. ask Mike McCarthy to do too much. Think and, he, and if he's not going to be involved in the pass game, you really don't like him against the Philadelphia Eagles. No. You're going to play Tony Pollard, like you're you're playing him in your lineup. You still going to have to. You have to, but it's it, you're not excited about it. Temper your expectations. If it means having to take more of a swing and a flex play, that might be something you have to do as a result in your start sit decisions. Uh, AJ Brown, we love him. Wide receiver two, CD Lamb, wide receiver five, Devonta Smith, wide receiver thirteen. We're, we're playing number eleven, the wide receivers. Big reason why I think this game has a chance to go over. You're also playing Dallas Goddard 
and you're playing Jake Ferguson. Ferguson got back involved too, Chris. It wasn't just Brandon Cooks last week. Uh, and Eagles, that's, you know, besides the receivers, tight ends have actually been pretty effective against the Eagles so far this year as well. So everyone else we love, it's just the Tony Pollard of it all is just quite disappointing. That's it. But hopefully this game is going to be a good one, followed up by, assuming nobody else has any more notes, followed up the Eagles are going to kill him. Eagles are going to kill him. I, no, I, I didn't give my bet for that one. Did oh, I gave well, I gave the over. That was that was my lock bet of the game. Okay, so the Eagles going to kill him. I can't disagree with that. You know what, Chris? I'll hit that for you too. There we go. Eagles minus three. They cover. Okay, let's go to our next match. <laughs> We got the Sunday night game. It's going to be a good Sunday night game. Buffalo Bills taking on the Cincinnati Bengals here in Cincinnati. They're favored minus two and a half with an over under of 48 and a half. There's no trends here to help me feel like I know which way to necessarily go. Both have losing records against the spread. Both have half their games or just a little bit less than half their games on the over and the under this year. Chris, what'd you say? I like the over in this one. Over in 48 and a half. I mean, that's what I want to have happen is the over on this one. <laughs> so that's I want it to happen. It should happen. Josh Allen, who's my QB one, Joe Burrow is my QB five. Uh Burrow looks healthy. Josh Allen finally got unleashed. And you now. The problem was they took their foot off the pedal because they should have put up more than 24 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But in general, them going to more of 11 personnel with Josh Allen being allowed to run, that offense finally looked like it had some tempo, finally looked like it was open. Burrow did exactly what Cousins did to the San Francisco 49ers, completely dissected them, but he ran around. He looked healthy. It looks like the calf is not an issue anymore. So as a result of this, we have two offenses trending in the right direction. Uh, Joe Mixon I have as a low-end RB1 this week. James Cook. Leonard Fournette signs with the Buffalo Bills. So, Adam, what, do you, what, do you, what, what impact do you think this makes on the whole James Cook-Buffalo Bills backfield situation of it all? I don't think it's much of one. Uh, I, I think the bulk of the carries, which is where he's been getting his value, is still going to be in the... Um, in the James Cook camp, I I think that you're going to see Leonard Fournette Leonard Fournette out there to pass block a lot. I almost think he's kind of a, a tight end replacement more than anything. I think he helps protect Josh Allen quite a bit. He's a great pass blocker, um, but I don't expect him to have a, a crazy uh, rushing volume. Now, I would in some teams be scared that Leonard Fournette might. Um, start taking away the goal line work. But that hasn't been going James Cook anyways, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this affects James Cook not at all. Latavius Murray might be on his way out in his usage. I, I, I think the, if you were a James Cook owner, I think the only thing about this that should disappoint you or maybe would disappoint you would be that maybe you thought after that Thursday night game, you see James Cook getting animated on the sideline, Latavius Murray getting stuffed. You think maybe there's a hope that the Bills would maybe change their strategy moving forward. This kind of solidifies that's not going to happen, but it doesn't really ultimately change the value you already had with James Cook. Uh, shout out to QF Stops over under four brotherly shoves in this game. Always take the over when it comes to the brotherly shoves. Always, always take the over on that one. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, we love them. T. Higgins, 
This is the highest I've had him ranked all season long. Now, he didn't quite play his full usage last week. 82% of the routes. It's getting closer. Usually more like 95, you know, maybe even 100. The guy's out there on the field all the time, generally speaking. But with Burrow being healthy and this game having a possibility of a shootout, Chase, are you going to lock in T. Higgins as your top 24 wide receiver? Yep, I've got I've got him at 22 this week. I, I agree. Yeah, the the farther and farther that he gets away from his own injury and the, the healthier that that uh, Burrow looks, I mean, yeah, there's the sky's the limit for this pass pass game. We've seen it before, and I think we're going to continue to see it for the rest of the season. See it again. And as long as he practices in full this week, I would expect him to get up to 90% of the routes, which is yeah. pretty much all he really needs to be here. Uh, QF stops coming back in. James Cook or Rashad White this week. I actually have James Cook ranked two spots ahead of Rashad White for me this week. You guys agree or disagree with that? Agree. Yeah, I've agree. got him six spots ahead, so yeah. Okay, so you really agree. All right, so Gabe Davis. Again, I'm at wide receiver 25. Now, this might be right in me putting myself in the nail in my own coffin. I don't know. It's Gabe Davis. We all know that it could be hit or miss at any point in any given time. But again, I go back to the way the new offense looks with 11 personnel. And off that offense, the other change that happened that struck me was that Gabe Davis had a little bit of a route tree. He wasn't just running posts and goes, and he was actually allowed to line up on the inside every once in a while. And they kind of mixed and matched him a little bit, ran some comeback patterns, ran some in patterns. If you actually use Gabe Davis as wide receiver, maybe he's actually pretty good. I don't know. Even if they go back to the old usage, he's still big Gabe Dave for a reason. This is a big game. So I just think Gabe Davis is going to score a touchdown this week. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I called it last week. I think I should get some credit for that. I said like Gabe Davis first half of the bay. Um, I think Gabe Davis is going to be a continued guy that talked about a shootout possibility and a big game. And the way the usage is the passing attack, and I like him in the red zone as well. So I think Gabe Davis is a guy that I like in my lineup this week a lot. What do you think about the route tree that they finally let him run? Why don't they let I think him it's, do I think it's fine. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I think it's basically thank you. You start unleashing some of these guys. I'm so tired of these coaches. I'm so tired of these coaches pigeonholing these players. There's running backs, receivers, and let guys do what they can do, let them run routes. That's why it makes you hard to cover. That's why you're, you know, have all the quarterback actually get guys open. Imagine that. Yeah. Like, I, well, like, like I said, Sunday, he can still run three deep. You can still take three straight nine shots with him every game if you want. But then the rest of the game, let Khalil Shakir be that guy running all the way down the field and use Gabe Davis, like Dan said, as an actual wide receiver <laughs> instead of just a dude running the damn nine. Just real quick, though, Chase, look at AJ Brown's explosion in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We, you know, Dan and I are huge AJ Brown fans. Listening to the draft about how he can't run a route tree, that's why he went as far down as he went. Goes from Tennessee, where he got a limited route tree, a lot of play action, a lot of slants, a lot of easy stuff. Now look at him in Philadelphia, and suddenly we actually let AJ Brown run an entire route tree. Look what he's capable. And look of what doing. the hell he can do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. not saying Gabe Davis is AJ Brown, but he can no. definitely be more than just the boomer bust guy that he's he doesn't been. have to be. Deshaun Jackson, he's he's a better overall receiver than that. You don't have to just yeah. throw him the ball deep three times a game. And I do think that being in more 11 personnel packages, I think the two tight end set thing was killing them because they were just letting them into a certain route tree because of what they were trying to do off of that. I think being in 11 personnel is actually going to help him be able to expand. Um, this one, Don Kincaid, top five tight end for me. 
So, Chris, do you do backtrack at all about his red zone usage? Or I don't, I don't backtrack on the usage. I mean, I'm proud of him for actually getting a was double digit um, yardage per catch for the first time in his, in his career. I think he broke over 11 yards per catch last week. So, if you get more explosive with up to eight and a half now for a season, I think it is. Um, so, you're not looking for a whole lot of explosiveness in that Dalton Key, but you did see the red zone usage. You saw the team just basically pass the ball every down. So, in tight end five, Dan, we talked about this a lot on the show. If you tight end three or four, flip a coin and tell me between five and 15, and I, I have no idea who's going to finish between the spaces. Well, and, and honestly, he's going to probably move up to tight end four for me once I get some uh, clarification on exactly who the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings will be. If, if it's Darren Hall, I probably will put Kincaid ahead of TJ Hawkinson. If for some reason, I, I still think there's a small sliver of chance it's Josh Dobbs. If it's Josh Dobbs, I would go with TJ Hawkinson, just one spot ahead with the overall usage. But I don't like Hawkinson regardless. That can yeah. be a showdown. Exactly. <laughs> yes, sure. Right. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid is catching 88% of the passes thrown his way this he is 30, season. 34, I, mean, that, I think it is, right? 30 catches out of 34 attempts. 30 catches out of 34 targets this season. It's not his fault that they're throwing him the ball five yards deep. Every day, yeah. I mean, if they let him run around a little bit, he might actually have more than like you said. Well, we now know how long it took for Gabe Davis to get a real route tree. So that right, might be why. There you go. Well, in Kincaid's situation, at least it's directly correlated with no more Dawson Knox and his right. usage goes exactly. up. So that, that's that's the big thing there. Uh, let's head to our next match. <laughs> we got Monday night. Action. What is with the Jets and the Giants being on every freaking primetime slot this year? If New York, New if he's not York. one as the other. And the at least like you know, the Jets, I understood you thought they're gonna have Aaron Rodgers. The Giants made the playoffs. Okay, Chris, to your point, the Bears. I don't know why the Bears are so many primetime games. That that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And then the Raiders, you're like, oh my god, again. <laughs> wow, like how does this keep happening? Uh, but the Chargers are going to New York. They're coming east. They're favored at minus three. The over-unders at 41 and a half. There's no reason on paper I should not be smashing Chargers minus three against the New York Jets. But the Chargers are going to charge, and they're heading east, which is never a good <laughs> thing for the Chargers. Uh, so here, the and only two on, on the over for the Chargers for the year, three on the over for the Jets. So all I'm taking is if I can get my drop back up, all I'm taking is the under in this game at the 41 and a half. Jets still have a good defense. Chargers defense should be able to take care of business. I mean, the Jets, I don't even know how they're feeling an offensive line this week right now. They might have four backup, backup, backup guys. <laughs> it, might, it might be five. It's a trend in New York to not really have <laughs> if you're starting <laughs> offensive line. It's all the fashion on Fifth At least the guys, it's like, okay, like, you know, you have guys who just flamed out. The Jets, I'm like, I don't even know who's healthy. I don't, who are you trying out? Is it just people from Hoboken? Like, at this point, it might be. <laughs> well, they're, they're playing quarterback for the Giants. <laughs> the they're looking for the fattest, craziest dude in Times Square and <laughs> signing him up. Just bring him on in. Uh, Justin Herbert, my QB7 on the week. Of course, you're going to be playing him, not looking to play Zach Wilson. Actually, as I look through this, oh, I do have one headline. Okay. Uh, Austin Eckler, top three. Brees Hall, top four. Cool. Keenan Allen, top seven. And just a little tip on the Keenan Allen thing. Uh, Sauce Gardner hasn't really traveled, so I'm not really expecting a shadow here. And Keenan Allen likes to line up in the slot anyway, so I'm not worried about a shadow so much in that situation. Josh Palmer, we have to see if he's going to be healthy for this game or not, which actually leads into the thing I do want to talk about. And I want to give this to the Dynasty guy and Adam. 
Quentin Johnston. So we finally saw them use him kind of and it's a theme here with the, with the primetime games. We saw him use them not in just a nine or a post pattern for once. <laughs> like they actually gave him some screens, they gave him some short little looks, and it was definitely coincided with the fact that Palmer was not 100%. If Palmer misses this game, I don't think you're going to play Quentin Johnston. But what are you looking to see out of him moving forward? And do you think this is something that if he can crack the code and show that he can do these things, do they move forward with the idea that Quentin Johnson can be more involved? I think they would. And I, I think th- there's a couple pieces to that. It's uh, the two things that I want to see the most from Quentin Johnson. And one of them, it's not really even him. Actually, neither are really him. Uh, I need to see him get the trust of Herbert. Um, to where he feels comfortable throwing him the ball. And it's just like, not just like, oh, fine, you're open. I'm going to get you the ball. Or, oh, fine, I've been told to run this play. I'm going to get you the ball. I need to see Herbert trust that he's going to throw the ball to him and it will be caught on the other end. Uh, the other thing is that I need, and I, I think we saw progress towards this this past week. We, you know, you talked about the screens and stuff. I need them to get it stuck in their heads that this is a yards after catch receiver that you use to you know, make plays in the short to intermediate game and not Gabe Davis or Mike Williams or whatever you thought he was just because he's tall and runs a 4-5. That, that's not what he is. He, you throw it to him, he breaks the tackles. He's like a much more Debo than Mike Williams. Chill out. Amen. Amen, Adam. You said it perfectly. He's not your typical I'm tall, I go deep all the time type of wide receiver. He is a possession guy with a skill set after the catch 100%. 17% target share. That's the highest he's had on the year. So this gives you some hope maybe of stashing Quentin Johnson yet again. Chris, help me out with this question here from AU Full Life. Thoughts on a move he just made. Gave Deontay Johnson, Michael Thomas, Dante Foreman, and he returned with DK Metcalf and Gus Edwards. Yeah, just send the guys some Vaseline afterwards and thank them. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Garrett Wilson, the guy who's a wide receiver, 17. Still doesn't score. This Jets offense doesn't score. In fact, outside of Brees Hall, nobody scores. But at least they finally figured out, you know what? Maybe we just should tell Zach Wilson to throw the ball to to, to Garrett Wilson come hell or high water. And that's good enough for me. The volume makes him a wide receiver, too. I, I mean, he's been actually pretty decent. This is Gerald Everett. Hey, we saved the best for last. We got to ask a question about Gerald Everett uh, earlier in the show. And here's the deal. If Everett plays, I am going to stream him this week against the Jets. The Jets are 29th in fantasy points allowed to the tight ends. If he doesn't play, then Donald Parham, who's sitting at my tight end 20 right now, will move up to my tight end 13, 12-ish area, and I would be more than willing to stream Donald Parham, who got in the end zone actually last week. Uh, do you guys agree or disagree with that? If he doesn't play, I'd jump on Parham. If he does play, I'm still indifferent to him. So, I just, if, if He hasn't done, shown anything all year to make me want to put him in a lineup. Everett hasn't, to me. Everett hasn't. Yeah, I, I'm with Chase. The only reason I wouldn't consider playing one of them is that it's only one in his Parham. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. tend to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. 
Uh, well, that pretty much does it. That does it for the show, too, guys. Hope you all enjoyed it and get the Operation Domination out the way. I know there's four teams on by, a lot of headlines. We got through them all, and hopefully you'll be able to take our advice and win this week and cash some tickets. We will be back, or at least I'll be back tomorrow at 9.30 with Brian Scott from the Injuries Podcast. We'll be talking about all of our injuries that we talked about today and what the timelines we expect them to be. We will have Chris and Chaz Filardi from Sports Betting Weekly in the second half of the show. Talk about our best bets of the weekend all together. So make sure you tune in, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and download us on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Check out Chase Thornton on BellyFantasySports.com with his rankings on there. Mine as well, right next to him. And guys, good luck, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 